Ladies and gentlemen, you have tuned into another edition of Kicking Out at Two, kicking things off this week with the Legion of Doom entrance theme song as we get you set for our tag team Mount Rushmore episode this week. Joining us, of course, Justin and Dennis Levy. We're going to sit down, we're going to compile our own individual lists as well as a Kicking Out at Two tag team Mount Rushmore list. And it just so happens this week is the 63rd birthday of the late road warrior hawk so we decided to get together and discuss the tag teams that encapsulized the history of professional wrestling with our tag team mount rushmore but before we get into that allow me to inform all of you that we're on social media facebook.com forward slash kicking out of two hit the like button if you have not already if you have tell a friend who loves to talk throwback old school professional wrestling we got all kinds of interactive fun going on there with discussions and debates pictures and memes and videos it's very interactive over there some great conversations between some folks over there so check us out hit the like button tell a friend to hit the like button facebook.com forward slash kicking out of two as well as twitter our handle is at kicking out two K I C K N O U T and the number two. The following it's not as strong on Twitter that it is on Facebook. So uh, I want to build that following. So if you have a Twitter or if you know someone that has a Twitter that loves pro wrestling, tell them to give us a follow over at kicking out two. Um, before we get into the tag team Mount Rushmore, I'm going to start this week off with an apology of sorts. Um, Last week, at the beginning of my program, uh, I discussed my, my reactions, my thoughts, my review of the All In event. And I forgot to mention a match. Uh, I was so caught up in the excitement and my overall um, good feelings about the show that I forgot to mention the Flip Gordon Jay Lethal Ring of Honor World Heavyweight Championship match, which was a fantastic match, too. Uh, Lanny Poffo came out escorting uh, Jay Lethal, who dressed up as Black Machismo. Oh, yeah, dig it. Uh, very cool, uh, you know, to see that. And of course, the match itself was pretty great. Flip won the over the budget battle royal on the, uh, the zero hour kickoff show on WGN America uh, to, to, to earn the opportunity. Uh, I didn't get to see that match, but I got to see the championship match, and I thought it was a really fun match. And uh, Flip Gordon's come around in Connecticut, you know, my local area around here, uh, from time to time with Northeast Wrestling. I have not a ch had a chance to see him live. I know a few people who have. Uh, and from what I saw in my first match watching him, on television in this match with uh, Jay Lethal and Ring of Honor. Dude's got a ton of potential and is definitely going to be a big star uh, in the wrestling world for years to come. So I look forward to seeing more things from Flip Gordon. And, uh, you know, usually I'm late to the party when it comes to everything. Um, I don't keep up with all the trends as much as I'd like to. So, uh, you know, I'll have to excuse myself from that because I know there's going to be some people out there that are once again saying I'm a bandwagon jumper and, and singing the praises of Flip Gordon because I didn't watch his first match in front of 12 people in a VFW somewhere in Paducah, Kentucky, or wherever the fuck, but I'm singing his praises now, so so what? All right, enough of my banter. Let's get into it this week with our tag team, Mount Rushmore. A staple amongst many wrestling fans' conversations is going to embody this episode of Kicking Out at Two. I'm talking about the Mount Rushmore concept, and joining me this week... Of course, the offensive coordinator and kicking out at two, my brother Justin. How are you? Doing well. Doing well. Good to be here. And again. joining us once again, because we enjoy having you here, Dennis. 
How thank, are you? Thank you for having me back, Dave. I'm doing glorious. Thank you. Sir. I am so glad that you are glorious. Oh. <laughs> Anyhow, um, this week we're going to take the Mount Rushmore concept and we're going to add a, a, a different twist to it by uh, introducing the tag teams of Mount Rushmore in professional wrestling. And, uh, you know, usually you get your greatest of all time. You get your greatest managers, maybe even your Mount Rushmore of matches. Well, uh, we decided here on Kicking Out of Two, we're going to give you the Mount Rushmore of tag teams in the history of professional wrestling. A free forum, open discussion between the three of us, um, as well as some of you on social media who brought you you guys brought it. And, and as far as I'm concerned, when it came to your participation in this in this uh, discussion here, so at some point throughout the show, we're going to be reading some of your picks. Uh, but to kind of get it out of the way here. Um, as as I've been as I'm looking at the, uh, the the participation and the discussion from some of you folks here on uh, social media, overwhelming majority has the Road Warriors, the Legion of Doom, on that list. I mean, why why not? I mean, come on, the Road Warriors. No, absolutely, I I, I agree, hundred um, percent. There's two people that don't, and we'll get into that in a little so bit. So, Dave, yes. why rebuttal to those two people is why don't you have Elodie in your Mount Rushmore? Uh, well, I mean, we would have to ask these certain individuals, and we'll call them out later, I'm yeah, sure. Dave, don't don't get me wrong. We, 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 we will, will. We will, oh, man. We, we will call rebuttals. them out. But we I need think, rebuttals. I think we are the a part of this overwhelming majority, the three of us, that the Legion of Doom, the Road Warriors, Hawk and Animal, are in the top spot of the tag team Mount Rushmore. So beginning with you, Dennis, uh, what was your reason behind putting the Legion of Doom in your individual Mount Rushmore okay. tag teams? So let's, let's just, uh, and then, uh, before we go to like, you know, like, like, like the, the sheer draw power of them and, and whatnot, when you can't make them, when you can't make a team a heel, you know, you got something big. And I don't mean that. Like, every time they're healed, what happens? People cheer and they go bananas. It's like, like The face team becomes the heel team. They throw the garbage at the, the, the face team because yeah. everyone loves LLD so much. When you love a team that much, when, 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 when you're just... Uh, when you have that much passion for, 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 uh, for, for wrestlers like that, for LOD, it's just... Uh, the one common sense team, in my opinion, is LOD. You, it's, you it's, just, it's, just, it's just the draw power, their ability, and just how much they were just loved. Yeah. I can remember when, when, when I found a hawk died, I, I felt like a relative died that day. And I mean, really? and I mean absolutely honest with you. Huh? And that, that when, when I found out there was going to be no, no more Legion of Doom, that was absolutely a dark day. Absolutely, yeah. I'm just saying, dude. Just everything that they they brought to the table is just the, the the one thing, in my opinion, is so even more than Rock and Roll Express, the Dudley Boys, yada yada yada. It's just LOD has to be in the Rock Rush one. You, you make you make a great point in your in the beginning of your statement where you said the. Uh, a team that's so loved, you can't turn them into bad guys. A perfect example of that when it comes to the Road Warriors. Uh, back in '88, on uh, you know NWA World Championship Wrestling, they attacked Dusty Rhodes and took one of their spikes from their shoulder pads, stabbed him in the eye. And I'll never forget as a kid watching that. I mean, Dusty Rhodes was beloved. He was the, in some ways, the Hulk Hogan of Jim Crockett Promotions, and that's the Road and the Road Warriors were just as equally as popular as him and 
there were people cheering what the Road Warriors were doing to Dusty. I mean, even though Dusty was the number one good guy in that territory, the Road Warriors were were so beloved it was just it was it was hard to imagine trying to 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 not like them, especially after they stabbed him in the eye with one of their spikes. So that's a great point that you brought up. Justin, elaborate on the Road Warriors. You know, I think I always compare the Road Warriors. They're, you know, it, to, to tag, they are to tag team wrestling what, you know, I would say Steve Austin or Hulk Hogan was to the WWF at, at their height. Mm-hmm. They're, to me, they're probably the only tag team in the history of wrestling you could build an entire wrestling company around, even today. You know, if tag team wrestling was at the forefront of a wrestling company, which in, you know, our, our modern day wrestling lives has really never been a thing. You know, yeah. I know in the territory days, you know, like Jim Crockett Promotions, you know, Mid-Atlantic Championship Wrestling, rather, was big on tag teams. Yeah. AWA was big on tag teams. Yeah. Again, before our time, but, you know, in the last 35, 40 years, tag team wrestling is, you know, the side cart to the the Hogans, the Flares, the, the, the Austins, and... To me, the Road Warriors in this in these last 30, 40 years, my God, you could you could you want to start a wrestling company and you want to put the Road Warriors as your top draw on every you know card you're, you're booking. Not gonna argue with that. And I and it, you know they always talk about the Road Warrior pop. That's yeah. always been like the you know the the urban legend of of sorts. You know at least backstage, you know that's a Road Warrior pop. Um, that's you know that's not an urban legend more. So that's that's legit. You know the Road Warriors. I've never never seen them live, but you know every everything that I've heard about them from other people who have is. You mean when when you hear Hawk, you know what a rush the just the collective, you know crescendo or even just gathering of 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 the audience is just is just a sound to behold, not a sight, a sound. Um, yeah, Road Warriors. That's again, they are. Top of the heap, I no think, doubt. I it, think what makes them such a a popular team and a duo is that they walk that fine line between two different characteristics and traits. Um, one of those being that you know you look at them and they, in some ways, they are a a uh, a cartoon of sorts. You know, by their look, with the shoulder pads, the face paint, the mohawks. You know, they have this like imposing superhero comic book cartoon kind of look to them. But at the same time, especially with the addition of Paul Ellering as their manager and their mouthpiece, and what they brought in the ring, in their presentation, and their in ring ability, they meant business at the same time there was that very different um you know they, they just brought something completely different but at the same time they also maintained the status quo as to what the stereotypical presentation is of a professional wrestler having that very circus like yeah and i and i think too like they you know you talk about paul ellering paul ellering was such a great addition to that team but at the same time you know, I know he he was able to cut a great promo, but they didn't even they could cut a hell of a promo on their own. Oh, like, absolutely! You know what I mean? It wasn't wow, that's very articulate and clever. It, but it it was pretty to the point. But at the same time, like they weren't talking to you like you were, you know, reading the Wall Street Journal like yeah. Paul, you know, Paul Hellering would. Paul Hellering was, yeah, yeah. But it, that's a that's a, a very underrated quality to to the Road Warriors is the their ability to cut a promo and. And, and look you in the eye and look through that camera and really catch you. And again, the visuals, like you said, are just, you know, 
just adds to the total package. The, it, no the, pun intended. You, you make a good point about Ellering because there's very few exceptions in wrestling where you get a guy who's paired with a manager or a valet or whatever you want to call him and that an individual advocate. or an advocate and that individual doesn't need that person to advocate for them but at the same time they make a good pairing together you know my the 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 best example i can give is probably when rick flair came to the wwf in 1991 and they put him with bobby heenan you know rick flair didn't need bobby heenan to talk talk for him whatsoever (laughs) but it was a great pairing because they both worked so well with each other and even when they took bobby off of him on screen and kept bobby primarily behind the announcer's desk with gorilla they put mr perfect with rick flair and mr perfect was a great talker in and of itself but they still both gelled so well together that they didn't need one one of them didn't need the other you know what i mean oh no doubt this is a perfect example here with the road warriors where they and they did do well without paul ellering for a number of years but at the same time, Paul Ellering brought something different to that package that made them stand out and be so unique. You know what I mean? And and, and we've seen it on like the Road Warrior DVD uh, that WWE put out and other um, interviews with guys in the business that uh, Ellering was like their real life manager. He he took care of their travel. He he handled even some of the creative decisions that were made for the two of them when they wrestled in different territories. Like he was the definition of a manager at that time. Like not just on screen, but behind the scenes as well. So I mean, you know, it's something that I think um, was not only unique at that time, but something that will never ever see in my opinion as far as i'm concerned when it comes to the role of a manager in the presentation of a tag team now uh you know like i said social media overwhelmingly us the three of us collectively road warriors legion of doom top spot on the the the, the mount rushmore of tag teams no doubt about it but there's two individuals Let's tee these SOBs up, there's, two, there's two individuals on facebook that uh that did not put the road warriors in their mount rushmore they didn't, them, shame they didn't give them reasons the russian judge <laughs> they are they, the russian judge they shame they didn't give their reasons why they just gave their 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 four so i'm gonna give them to you right now those two individuals are michael clark michael clark michael shame clark. shame michael clark shame. michael clark's Mount Rushmore, and you'll you'll get a kick out of this, Dennis. Arn Anderson and Tully Blanchard. All right, the Brain Busters. Okay. The Hart Foundation, Brett and Dean. I love them. And, uh... Demolition. Uh, my, my personal favorite of all time. And the Young Bucks as their, as their, as his oh, Mount so the, Rushmore. So the one of guy, so the one guy that takes it that, that doesn't have Legion of Doom and with the Young Bucks, making my heart not looking good right now. Oh my goodness! This guy was living in 1988, and then he fast forwarded to 2018 yeah. like that at yeah. the drop of a dime. Seriously. Wow! And then there's Frank Madrid. Frank, come on, man. Yeah. The real Frank Madrid. I love his last name, though. <laughs> oh, yeah, so I'm Mr. Madrid. His the four, real Frank Madrid. His four that had made his tag team Mount Rushmore included the Hart Foundation, okay. the Freebirds, okay. Edge and Christian, yeah, right. and the Valiant Brothers. The Valiant Brothers? Now, he kind of toyed. When I, when I talked to them on social media, he gave me five, and I said, well, you got to give me four because there's only four for Mount Rushmore. And he had the Steiner Brothers on there. But then when I said, give me four, he goes, well, I go back and forth between the Valiants and the Steiners, but I lean towards the Valiants. I said, all right, I'm taking it. So cool. those, are, those, are, um, those two individuals are the overwhelming minority when it comes to the tag team Mount Rushmore. I just want to say for the real Frank, um, the fact that you're waffling between the Valiant Brothers 
or the Steiners, and leaving the Road Warriors out is even more of an insult. You haven't even considered them. They're not even on the outside looking in. You know so, what? I, Frank, you're, you are just... You know what, Justin? The I opposite wasn't of real. Until Justin got insulted, now I'm insulted too. Yeah, you can't get <laughs> right. you, How dare you? They're not even friends. How dare you? you it's, they're not even. Again, like, you look at, like, the NCAA tournament and you're like, oh, that team should have made it. They were the 69th team looking at right outside. They almost made it. Okay. They're on the fringe. They're on the fence. The outside looking in. Where are the Road Warriors on that list, man? I don't even think they that made is, the trip. My, oh, my, dude. my, Frank, open your eyes. My, my lord, Frank, we're gonna we're not gonna divulge your personal information because we don't so, want any so, threats so, made your so way. Shall I shall I divulge some of these other uh, individuals and their picks? Yeah, it comes oh, to, oh, yeah. Absolutely, right, absolutely. So the first person to respond was Bob Scott. He's a, a friend of ours and uh, a, a fellow listener of the show. He belongs to the Save American Wrestling uh, Facebook group page. He picked the Legion of Doom, of course. Mm-hmm. All right. The Brain Busters, Arn and Tully. All right. The Dudley Boys. Okay. And this was a surprising pick, but I don't blame him for picking them. He picked someone a little more modern in the last, you know, several years. But beer money, James Storm and Bobby uh, from TNA. How dare you, Justin? Uh, I like them at the tag team. I like them too. I'm sorry. TNA. Oh, Jesus. The X Division was incredible stuff. But their tag teams and their single wrestlers. And, uh, I will. And, you know, what, I'm going to kind of piggyback off mess. that a little bit because I'm not saying that Beer Money should be on the, the the tag team Mount Rushmore list. But you know, you make a good point. At the time when WWE was not focusing so much and putting more importance on tag teams, TNA was, and sure. and, and Beer Money was a big part of that, in my opinion. Great, um, but. Definitely not a part of the the tag team. Mount I just Rushmore, look at the, the that, in my like, eyes. I look at that like number four guy saying. on the Mount Rushmore, and I go, "Man, you're taking that last spot, at least the way you okay. say it, and you're missing Hall of Famers." All right, I wouldn't even seriously. I'm trying to think now, like a team A. Mount Rushmore of tag team. I don't even know if I would put beer money on that tag a team. A TNA really? Mount yeah. Rushmore. Yeah, wow. I mean, That's like more like a more, hill. More, more, mortar machine guns. It's like a sand uh, dude. That, that, uh, the Dudley Boys. Uh, that, uh, that, uh, team 3D, actually. Not the Dudley Boys. If you're, you're going to yeah. do a team, if you're gonna uh, do that, a TNA uh, Mount Rushmore, it's going to be Dixie Carter, Jeff Jarrett, Hulk Hogan, Vince Russo. Done. Exactly. No, no, I End of discussion. You're right, Dave. That's, 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 that's the that's tag team Mount Rushmore, the singles Mount Rushmore. Dave, once again, what's the gentleman's name? Bob Scott. There was the first gentleman. Mr. Scott. Beer money. Really? Really? But hold on. I mean... That is uh, after the real Frank and the other guy. Uh, By the way, I just came up with the real Frank. His, yeah. his, his oh. name is Frank Madrid. Well, Frank Madrid. The real Frank. The real Frank. That's a nice gimmick. So, good. so, good. so anyways, with that being said. You're welcome, Mr. I, Madrid, I can't, if you ever make money off of I can't, that. Um, I can't call that egregious compared to the omission of the Road Warriors. That's just hard to get over. Beer Money was very good. I was a, I'm was i a huge James Storm fan. James Storm fan. I like Bobby Roode as well. It's a very good tag team, but we're talking the we're talking history. We're talking the grand scheme of things. I'm sorry, so. I'm sorry Justin. i got to cut you off real quick. You think you think Bobby Roode is going to update his resume and say, uh, it'll, it'll say they're the three-time teenage champions, right? You think he's going to say, 
I'm the, teen, the three-time TNA World Tag Team Champion. No, I don't think that at all. He's going to say that? He's going to be like, oh, TNA? No, he's going to probably tell you that he worked at WrestleMania. He's had a few... Yeah, like his entire WWE career probably is the highlight of his career. And that's just because it's a huge deal to be there and to work that stage. But again, very good tag team, especially for the time and place they were in. Absolutely. Mount Rushmore, I'm not sure about, but now, it's still a very good tag team. You, it's his Mount Rushmore, so I respect that. You made a you made a point about you know the history of tag teams and the history putting these teams on the Mount Rushmore. There's an individual here that belongs to that same group, Save American Wrestling, who didn't give me four; he gave me three, but he gave me two. Under construction is the fourth. Yeah, part I think of the yeah. He said he said the fourth one was you know anybody's guess at this point, but um, his name is Michael Lancaster, and he gave me two picks that I was like blown away by, but definitely respect the fact that he really went into the history of pro wrestling. The first pick he gave me, well, he's got the Road Warriors on there. You know that's that that's a given. Okay, he Very didn't good. omit. He didn't omit. Especially the road with Warriors. an empty spot in the mountain. Yeah, he man. didn't. He didn't omit I mean, the, the worst. Road Warriors for sure. But okay. the first pick he gave me was the Blonde Bombers of Pat Patterson and Ray Stevens as a Ooh, team. We talked about that, Dennis. Yeah. I know we talked about that, which yeah. I was like blown away by. Now I didn't live through that era, but I heard that Patterson and Stevens. From their time in California, work in the territories in Canada, and even I, th- I want to say in some point during the AWA, yeah, maybe, they were there briefly. That in they, AWA that they had some very successful, you know, runs as a tag team. Uh, Dave, uh, what's his general's name again? Michael Lancaster. Uh, Mr. Lancaster, I think that's a great rebuttal. But here's the thing: I, I can't give you credibility when you give me like like uh, like Patterson, right? His best body of work is a single wrestler. I can't give you a tag team, Mount Rushmore, when his best work, like, like Patterson's best work. That's omitting a lot of guy, teams, that, 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 when you put it that way. I, I, can't, I, can't, I, can't, I can't do that. Your best work at the Mount Rushmore it has to be as a tag team. If your best work as a tag team, you are going to be part of the Mount Rushmore. But, when, you, when, when your best work is a single wrestler... You're disqualified. I'm sorry. Okay. I mean, it's yours. I get it. Yeah, I would say that that puts a lot of tag teams out of out okay. of your, yeah. your qualifications. Wow. So it should be interesting to see if you follow through that and stay consistent I when I hear yours. Okay. Okay. All right. The other team that he brought up, and this is a team that I've only heard about them by name. Obviously, did not live through this era. Um, the fabulous Kangaroos from Australia. Have you ever heard of them before? Was that like the Bushwhackers? No. Before they were the no, Bushwhackers? They were, they were the Kiwis, they right? They were the Kiwis, yeah. The yeah fabulous thank Ki- you, Justin. I'm the, the, yeah, I thought the, the same thing. I'm a stampede guy, thing. so I know about the Kiwis. Yeah. I thought the same thing. The Fabulous Kangaroos from fabulous. Australia. I'm going to I'm gonna Google them right I now. I want to say they were like the 50s and the 60s, maybe. I mean, and, and it's, it's, from what I can tell, I believe Michael Lancaster is roughly around the same age as I am. I'm 35. Maybe he's a few years older or younger. I'm not quite sure. Haven't had the, the Fabulous don't have the per- Kangaroos. The, the yeah. And, the, you know, the birth certificate get in front of me but those were the two teams that really kind of when he he definitely brought something different i found it interesting that he really did his homework wow this is like a real like gimmick so yeah this is wikipedia so again take that for what it is i can go and probably edit this yeah my on my own um (laughs) the fabulous kangaroos was a professional wrestling tag team that existed in various forms from 1957 until 1983 the first incarnation of the Kangaroos was formed when Italian-Australian Al Costello teamed with Australian native Roy Heffernan and adopted an ultra-Australian gimmick complete with boomerangs, bush hats, and the song Waltzing Matilda. So with that being said, as I scroll down, 
the team again had several reincarnations, starting with those two, Heffernan and Costello. Then uh, a gentleman named Ray St. Clair, who I'm not really familiar with. Don Kent. Not familiar. Tony Charles, not Bruno Becker, Becker, not familiar, um, and Johnny Heffernan. So not I've familiar. never heard of any of these guys. I'm gonna give props to that guy for putting that team on there because then you that you know that guy's a real fan. Oh, for, for damn sure. I don't even think he lived through that era, but I mean, he definitely he lived through probably life. some part of the, the carnation of that maybe, team. Maybe he grew up. Maybe he grew up watching that based on you know his father or someone that you know grew up watching that wrestling. I don't this know. Is his dad Steve Irwin? I don't. Good <laughs> 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 might. Um, no, I mean it's. Yeah, I, Props, like you said, because he really did his homework and yeah. and, and dove deep I like, into I the, like the history of pro picks wrestling. like that. Yeah, I do. That was a very like off, you know out there kind of pick that I didn't even know existed, but that was pretty cool, Dennis. And Dave, let, let me elaborate what I love this guy's pick. I'd be the first one to admit on my mother. I never heard that tag team my whole entire life, but but little did I know until about a year ago. That, that the biggest draw of all wrestling in all the world in the 60s was, is, is, was in Australia. The wrestlers that made the most money, the, the, the people that, that saw the most wrestling, was in Australia. Interesting. That was a that is well true. thought of. That was a great rebuttal. I never heard of them. I, I'd be the first one to admit it. I never heard of them. But, so but, but, you like this pick with the kangaroos, but you think that Patterson and Stevens shouldn't be on his list because they're Patterson's, single stars. Because, because Patterson's absolutely. best work was a single. I, I mean, hold on, but what if? But I'm what here. if? Uh, yeah. Let's just say. Let's just say that a Mister Ray St. Clair was a singles icon in Australia. And just happen to join the squad of the fabulous kangaroos. Does that disqualify them? Well, that's a great rebuttal, Justin. But well, I'm full that, of us. Uh, that's, that's what I do. That's what I do. But, but, but I truly I believe if, if your biggest draw, oops, excuse me, oh, if your biggest draw is that you're a singles wrestler, and your biggest draw is that you're a tag team wrestler. You should be, yes. The, the, one or the other, yes, you can't have both. This wasn't played back. So. He's saying so. this again, guys. Now I'm digressing. This is not like, memorized. Even, even, like, even like the Heart Foundation. I, I really don't believe that it should be in, that they should be. You shut your mouth. I don't. Oh, I don't think that's blasphemy. We're really, all right, well. The good anyway. name of Brett and rest in peace, Jim the Anvil. You're not going to disgrace them. On my brother's show. All right, so we so we've universally we've discussed that all three of us have the Road Warriors um, at the top of our our list. We've universally discussed that the majority of social media, with the exception of Real, Frank Madrid, and Michael Clark, did not pick the Road Warriors for their tag team of Mount Rushmore. They're in the doghouse for sure. And Absolutely. Michael Lancaster really went out on a limb with the Fabulous Kangaroos and the Blonde Bombers as a part of his his three-team Mount Rushmore because, the, like you said... Under construction, under that construction, last spot. Uh, maybe, maybe we'll get a rebuttal from him at some point down the line. Let's start with you, Justin. Who is your second uh, team on your Mount Rushmore of tag teams in the history of pro wrestling? Oh... Okay, I want to. I want to. Mm. You, you're walking a fine line. It sounds like. Well, I like to make a build around a Mount Rushmore, if you will, encapsulating eras. You know what okay. I mean? Who was meant the most in one era? Who kind of defined the era? Maybe inspired the next era, okay. if you will. Okay. Um. So, when I say they're the second. Um, 
Just your second choice. Uh, doesn't have to be in terms of like ranking. Like, but I'm just saying, out of your four, you know what I mean. Legion I'm, of Doom first. You know, okay, so so um falls in second place. So okay, so me, yeah, I'm gonna go with. I'm not ranking it by numbers. Yeah, but, yeah, I'm gonna go with yeah. the fabulous Freebirds, and I know that seems like an. I thought that might be met with some criticism, but to me, my opinion, it's called the Freebird Rule for a, for a reason. You know, tag team. You know, a three man group being yeah. the tag team champions. Yeah, and. They worked in a lot of territories, popped a lot of territories. You know, one of the greatest rivalries of all time with the Von Erics. Yeah. Um, and probably to Dennis's criteria, none, I mean, while all those guys are great singles people, singles competitors, they didn't, you know, they are the fabulous Freebirds more than they are be Terry Bam Bam Gordy or yeah. Michael P.S. Hayes or yeah. Buddy Jack Roberts. Um, yeah, I got it. To me, that's that's the team that's on there. Also on my, my Mount Rushmore because again, everywhere they worked, they were on top. They were, especially back in the day, it was we need we need to we need to pop this territory. Who do we call? Let's call the Freebirds because Michael Hayes could incite a riot. Terry Bam Bam Gordy as a big man could work at that time unlike anyone else. And then Buddy Jack was just perfect, just bumping and 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 giving the baby face the the crowd reaction they needed to get over the angle. Um, yeah, that that's that's definitely my number two, or not number two, if you will, but my after you know, Sans the Road Warriors, the next addition to my Mount Rushmore. Spoiler alert: I'm right there with you. That's gonna that that's my you know that, that's my second team based on the fact that they changed tag team wrestling with the presentation of a three man team. In a sense, if you think about it. Um, different territories and even wcw in the early 90s would introduce six-man tag team championships you're kind of seeing that a little bit with lucha underground these days and ring of honor has a six-man tag team title i believe uh new japan might have a six-man tag team title i don't keep up with a lot of new yeah japan. dennis do they have a six-man tag team title yes they do is it the was it the open never wait or something like I that forget. yeah they got but, some uh, funky name i'm to sorry it. When, 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 when did you get the past, elite uh, boys six-man championship Anyhow, I feel like because of the three, you said it, the Freebird rule, the three-man presentation, they really changed the game of tag team wrestling. And I felt that up until recently, in the most recent years with New Day, that they could have exploited more of this Freebird rule with other teams, other three-man associated groups. Um I, I know they kind of did it a little bit with the Spirit Squad, who definitely doesn't make a Mount Rushmore list of anything whatsoever, unless you want to count worst gimmicks in the history of professional wrestling. You know what? Rushmore. I like that gimmick. Hold on. I like that gimmick. First off, I thought Kenny Doan or Kenny Dykstra or whatever we're going to call him is a grossly underutilized talent. I agree. Oozing. Oozing athleticism and isn't a, isn't a, a lacking charisma. Um... I thought that was a great, annoying, like ah, oh, like I want to see those guys get their ass kicked gimmick. Right, I, I but that, yeah. when you got when you got eight of them against Shawn Michaels and Triple H, and they all get their ass kicked, be careful what you wish for, I guess, because you got it. You know, you just got it. I, uh, you know, that I thought he was a you know very talented guy in his own right, and uh, the, I thought the gimmick was a good one for sure. Yeah. You, know, you know what made me sad about about uh, the Spirit Squad? That took. I loved OVW back then. Really? Ohio Valley. Absolutely. They took every single graduate of like that that class per se. The, the class of two thousand. And that was two. The Spirit Squad was the class of whatever that perspective year was. Oh, and that was later. On the whole entire thing, it made me broke my heart. Did you watch OVW regularly? I did. I did. Would you have regular? Now, Would you have... excuse me. Nobody in Connecticut 
get to saw OVW back in 2005. Would you get like? A, would you have like a scrambler? Like a no, no, like no, one of those no, like no, cable no, boxes? The internet. You you waited and, and you got information, internet oh, okay, and stuff. Right. You got you got you got some matches. Yes, I yes. mean we're a throwback I saw, podcast. I saw so Brock Lesnar sure. in OVW. I really okay. did. I really did. And Dave Batista. Cool. What was it? Lazarus or whatever? I forget. Leviathan. Was that by Thank you. Say you call him Dave Batista like you know the guy. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Did you say he was Lazarus? Like like as in like Jesus. Jesus of Nazareth? I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I forget. Yeah, like I said. That Leviathan died for our sins. There is a, there is a wrestler out there named Leviathan. I forgot what his... I forgot who well, if you watched Infinity big War, guy. he did. Big guy, big guy, big guy. But anyway, um, anyway, uh, yes, uh, that, 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 but anyway, that was, that was like, oh, that was awful. The, 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 they just said, here's the graduation class of OVW, you're the spirit squad, and like all those guys were like, "This is what wrestling's about." So like, other than like, other than of course, uh, uh, Dolph Ziggler, every speaker at first squad guy is now out of the business. You notice that? Nah, dude. Nope. 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 Kenny and Mikey yeah. along with a good buddy of mine, Randy Sean, Connecticut local native. You gotta be, uh, you gotta be kidding me. They're still wrestling. I they, saw them last year wrestle the Steiner brothers at big time wrestling. I, I apologize. The, they're they're, squad, they're regulars for Tommy Dreamer's my, House, of, House of Hardcore promotion. My, my, my assumption was that they were out of the game, so I apologize. No, they're back in. No, that's Ken, cool. Kenny, actually, this is a little local little local piece. He uh, After leaving or getting released from WWE the first time, he uh, went and played Division Three college football at Nichols College, which is in Sturbridge, Mass., which is just right over the Connecticut, Mass. Wow, line. interesting. Yeah. It's right after our brother Zach was there. My brother played there for a year. Um, a couple years later, like 2009 maybe, 2010, like he made local news like in the school newspaper as like making the team. Interesting. So think about that. That guy got to work with Shawn Michaels, Triple H, you know, Vince McMahon, you know, work with Ric Flair, and then... Two three years later, he's in Dudley, Massachusetts, <laughs> the Division Three yeah. college football team. He must have been the he was big man on campus there for sure. Definitely going off the rails here. As well. yeah. we, we've gone from the Freebirds to the Spirit Squad, and the Spirit Squad isn't even on the list. But you know, bottom line from my perspective, Freebirds make my tag team Mount Rushmore because of the impact that they had on tag team wrestling and how they kind of changed the game with the three man presentation. Dennis, your next addition to oh, your tag team Mount Rushmore. So to put your podcast to sleep, yes, I got the free parts as well. In my oh, oh, I well, really I mean, you're do. a good man. I really do. Like, okay, here's my thing. Okay. Here's my thing. So this is our personal, ladies and gentlemen, this is our personal opinion of our Rushmore. We didn't talk Rushmore. about this beforehand. But anyway, no. with that being said, I grew up the good cheer for the bad guy. And still until this day, I've always been the joke I cheer for the Joker. I cheer for the bad guys. I cheer I don't cheer for happy endings. So so yes, I love the free birds. The I would argue that they might be the best heels of all time. And that 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 uh, wow. that, that, that uh, they made people when, when you beat up on, on the Von Eric boys and you make them uh, juice and all the other stuff, you are gonna make the fans go bananas. And I was one of them. And when I was a kid, I cheered for the Von Erics. As an adult, I cheer for the Freebirds. <laughs> and, that, that, uh, and my God, dude, and when I woke up to WWE Network or YouTube or whatever, and I and I rewatched these K matches and like or just, just like you know, wait, when you knew it was a cage, you knew there was gonna be interference. It was, you knew it was gonna be an end disqualification. And I just, I don't know, I just loved it. I just loved, I just love a bad guy ending. You know what? That's good. That's, that's a, that's a. 
good insight on that. Now you talk about the Von Erichs, and I think you know the Von Erichs have a special place in wrestling history. And I maybe they're on some of these guys' lists, Dave. You can attest to. Uh, maybe they're not, but I would say that to me the Von Erichs are a perfect example of top stars that team together and like that super team. You know what I mean? You see it now in all the sports, right? The big threes and basketball and whatnot. You got these super teams. So like, I don't know if we want to kind of jump off the the, the track for a second and talk about like some of like the really good like tag teams that were just, they were together for a particular reason. They were a super team of sorts. Like a, a couple that come to mind, like you talk about like the brothers of destruction. Like that's not a tag team. Like they don't have this great psychology of cutting the ring in half and working a body part, holding the tag rope. Yeah, like they <laughs> were just they were they they worked together good because of their characters and like whatever storyline fit. And I think the, the Von Erichs were a perfect example of that too. Uh, probably the like original example. You just took the top stars, the top baby faces, the top two or three: Dave, Kevin, you know, Carrie. Carrie. It's probably the one I should have known first. Yeah, but um. That's like the perfect example. I feel like of a super team. I don't know. What are your, like your favorite? Like even if they were around for like a minute, like what are your, like your favorite like super teams? There's a couple that come to mind. I can kind of yeah. rattle through mine in a second, but like, I don't know what you guys think about like there, super team, super tag team. The list. Feel. All right. So the list here that you know that 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 our friends on social media had uh, participated in didn't really have any. They didn't have any super teams to be honest with you. They kind of stuck with the tag team format, so to speak. Which I respect. I think Which that's the way cool. to go. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That but, goes you know, to Dennis's thought, I think, too. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, from my recollection, growing up, the the first super team or the first team where you took two singles wrestlers and paired them together. My first recollection is Arn Anderson and Tully Blanchard. Arn and Ole were a team, okay? But Arn also had some success in singles at the same time. Arn kind of, between his tag run with Ole, he kind of bounced back and forth between tagging with Ole and being a singles wrestler. Tully was primarily a singles wrestler in Jim Crockett promotions before he tagged with Arn. So for me as a kid... I am shocked. For me as a kid, that was my first recollection of... What you would like to define as a as a, a you're team not going to put the ultimate super team, the mega powers in no, there. No, 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 no. no. Me not, personally, that's I'm not, not, not saying. It. No, I'm not saying that. What I'm saying to you is, is that that's my first recollection okay. of two singles wrestlers that were primarily singles or separated from one another and then becoming a team was Arn and Tully. Of course, Hogan and Savage, the Mega Powers is probably the ultimate super team and the blueprint for a super tag team in pro wrestling. And then you can go on years later with Stone Cold and Shawn Michaels, yeah. the Rock and Sock Connection. Yeah. Um, even in more recent years, um, these last few years, I guess maybe you could say like Daniel Bryan and Kane, the Team Hell Team No, no. Hello, Team yeah. Hell No concept here. I mean, remember they did those like almost like super those power couple teams like Show Miz and Jericho, Jericho, like Sean and Hunter and yeah, like I'm not discrediting cool. any well, of that. But what I'm saying to you is my first memory of two singles wrestlers that became a team were Arn and Tully. Okay, you know, but I'm not saying that they are the Top super team whatsoever. Arn and Tully, I think, are probably the best example of two singles wrestlers who were put together as a tag team and then gelled so well and worked together that you almost forgot they were in some. That's respects, actually was, a good point. They were yeah, singles yeah, yeah. wrestlers and then 
became such a great tag team. You That's know actually I mean? a very good. That's point. just my take on it. There's been other teams, other guys that have merged together and have done that as well. I mean, you look at shoot, you look at all right. We talked about it a little bit. Beer money, okay? They were both primarily singles wrestlers in their time in TNA, okay? James Storm. Well, actually, you shouldn't say that because James Storm tagged Chris Harris as America's Most Wanted. And Bobby Roode had some Team Canada stuff. But when they started making their mark as singles wrestlers, I didn't like the pairing at first. But it grew on me. As Bruce would say, try it on and let's see if it fits, you know? But as far as super teams go... I think top of the heap, Hogan and Savage, the Mega Powers, is the ultimate for me. Yeah, I yeah, and I think I'm just as as your fandom for Hulk Hogan being so strong, I'm just surprised that that one slid under the radar. You know what I mean? Oh, but, no, it wasn't under the radar. It was just but like, like I'm, I'm thinking like uh, tag teams. I don't think like I said the brothers Brothers of Destruction was to me one that came to mind at least in my you know lifetime, uh, and others before before me like the Funks. You know what I mean? Those guys are, like I Dennis would say, were primarily uh, singles wrestlers, both former NWA World Heavyweight Champions, um, came together as a tag team, you know, when the time called for it. Um, the Briscoes, same thing. Um, I think th- those are the kind, th- like that, those are those are teams that I was thinking of as far as super teams, and I think the, the Von Erich concept, I think, is where I kind of germed that idea from, and then, you know, in more recent times... Sean and Steve was a good one for a minute. The Rock and Sock connection is, you know, if anybody disliked that group, they're probably the best odd couple tag team because I feel like oh, since absolutely. Rock and, I feel like since Rock and Sock, and I don't mean to interrupt you, but other there have been other incarnations of those odd couple tag teams where Rock and Sock took it to a whole nother level. You 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 love to see them together, but you also love to see them bicker and kind of go back and forth and have that odd couple dynamic. Daniel Bryan and Kane were like the modern day versions. It was of actually a good Rock version Sock. of that that didn't have a lot of time either. What? The the pairing of Matt Hardy and MVP yes. had a good run in 08 yeah. like that. And I know we're talking about what could have been, and I kind of I want to get to that in a, yep. you know a little bit, but um, yeah, like those were you know you, you, again like not you're kind of class we're kind of classifying how these teams are booked. You've got the odd couples, you've got the super teams, yeah. You know what I mean? You've got sometimes you just get like two guys that like let's just put them together because we ain't got nothing going on for them. Like, Randy Orton and Edge, rated R. Oh my god, of course, yeah. yeah. And then like I'm thinking of like again those those hodgepodge teams like. Um, Geez, what's one that comes to mind? Oh, uh, Bob Holly and Cody Rhodes. Like what? But it worked. But it worked. You know, uh, it was a I solid like, squad. I didn't like that at all. Solid squad. That, you know, I thought. I mean, I, I look. They're not lighting the territory on fire. No, no, you know no. what I mean? But I thought that was like okay, like young, you know, rookie Cody Rhodes, tons of potential, and a veteran Bob Holly, hardcore Holly. That, I got an idea. Why don't you give me the belt and I'll beat everybody? Well, you know what? You know we. <laughs> Give you the tag belt and get beat by Cody. How about that? Um, but I think, yeah, super teams, I think, are, are, are a cool thing to kind of just ponder. Uh, I'm trying to think of, like, so then... If there's one super... All right, here. Let me... Sorry to cut it. Yeah, cut yeah, no, something that's probably just, fair. Something, I was... something just came to mind here, okay? Give me your number... Dennis, give me your number one super team. And then after you're done, I'd like both of yours take on what is the one super team you think... Could make a tag team Mount Rushmore. Oh, Dennis, go ahead. Great rebuttal. Oh, great rebuttal. 
These things just uh, come to me. All right, so, so Super Team. But here's the thing with the Mega Powers, right? Riddle me this, riddle me that. Did they ever win the tag team no, titles? No, no, of course no. not. That wasn't even a thing. No. So, so, so that being said, they're disqualified automatically. Well, they're not <laughs> making <laughs> that, 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 No, no, no. You have to win the big well, dirty. This is that whole you have to win the big dirty. To be on the Mount Marshmore, come on. Well, that, oh, uh, okay, that's fair. That, that, uh, that, uh, you make a fair point. So, so, so a mega team that won the tag team champions. That, oh man! All right, give me give me your what, favorite what, what, super yeah, team, and then give me a, a super team that you think makes the Mount Rushmore. All right, my favorite super team. Once again, I'm heel oriented. Yep. So so I gotta go with Jericho. I love those guys. Jericho so much. Big Show. That I know, was a good one. I know Rocket Sock Connection had bigger draw power and all the other stuff, but but you knew they were gonna split sooner or later. Believe it or not, I thought the Jericho was gonna last. A lot longer than it did. Yeah. I thought it was going to be a thing that's going to be three, four years. I really, really wow. was naive to believe that. That, uh, that so I, my favorite mega team that could smell the potential Mount Rushmore based on their ability and winning the championship and all that other jazz. Yeah, I'll go Jericho. Jericho. I mean, okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So as far as a super team, probably my favorite super team. Ah, uh, you know this is gonna be so off the wall, guys. You're gonna you're gonna probably want to throw your shit at me. Um, I don't even know if they count as a super team, but I really dug Cactus Jack and Chainsaw Charlie. Oh, good one, good one. I really I did. There's no throwing things here. Yeah, that and was I, a good one. And I really dug that. Their match at WrestleMania 14, the dumpster match. You know, I've always one of my I've favorites. Said, I've said to Dave like, you build a WrestleMania around like three or four big matches. That's mm. your marquee. And that match meant something. That spot on Raw where they were thrown off the you know the stage in the dumpster, and you've got Sonny pouring her eyes out, crying. Vince McMahon is out there as the owner, and he's scolding the New Age Outlaws. Like you couldn't wait to see the New Age Outlaws get what was coming to them. And I, and I love the New New Age Outlaws. Oh, you, you know, on know? my on my personal favorites of tag teams, there are they're up there yep. as one of my favorites, absolutely, yeah. because they were just so cool. Yeah. Um they were they were they were, you know, that I call Enzo and Cass like new age outlaws light. You know what I mean? Just they were they were good, but they were that was where it came from. Anyways, I would have to say that. Now, a a, dist, a not far behind them. And it was hard to it was hard to 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 break with the with the Cactus Jack Chainsaw Charlie group, but I really dug Shawn Michaels and John Cena. From 2007? Yeah. I mean, it, I, I, I knew it, I knew it was sorry, built. That, that was uninspiring. I had to learn to think about, <laughs> when did they do that? And they, like, of course, yes. Look, it, it was, yes. well, you know what? They won tag team titles. So yeah, how about that? Okay. So It's under your criteria, yeah. Dennis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, but, but it was done to build to their match. I thought it was just a cool team of two very different guys working together. As far as super teams that would probably make a Mount Rushmore, though, Ooh, um, you know, actually, here is a super team that could make a Mount Rushmore in some people's eyes: the Outsiders. Oh, Scott Hall and Kevin Nash. Oh, yeah. Now, both superstars in their own right, yeah. before and after. Yeah. But they came together and like just their gimmick alone, walking into WCW. Them two guys with baseball bats posed a bigger threat to an entire WCW roster guarded by cops holding guns. That was yeah. Oh, you know what I mean. That's fucking so cool. Think about that. Oh. So to me, I think if you're looking at super teams that make a Mount Rushmore potentially, 
I wouldn't I wouldn't put them in mine or anywhere near it, but I wouldn't you know argue other people's thoughts on it based on the impact of the team. I would say the outsiders. I'm gonna I'm gonna do. All right, I'm gonna kind of go off the wall here a little bit. Okay. Um, I think the top super team, even though they didn't win tag team titles, is Hogan and Macho, the Mega Powers, and maybe that's just my bias because I'm a big fan of both of those both those individuals. I grew up on them. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Thinking, thinking, thinking. Uh-huh. Keep thinking there, Dave. Uh, but if I'm going to pick a super team to make a, a Mount Rushmore, I'm kind of there with you on the outsiders. However... I don't even know if this team would be defined as a super team, but more or less a team that could have been more. And I'm talking about the Hollywood. Ah, uh, you took it from me. Ryan Pillman and Steve Austin. That was good. Because we're going a, there now. Okay. Well, all right. So good. Let's, let's go there. All right, we'll, we'll go there. But to you know, put the cherry on top of the the, the super team Sunday, so to speak, Ooh. and a team that will the, super team Sunday. super team Sunday super team Sunday. That's the name of that's the name of our tag interview. That, that, yeah, that could be. We yeah. only wrestle on Sundays. Yeah. And, <laughs> and our finishing move is called the cherry on top. Oh. Not bad. Not bad. Look at that. Anyhow. Um, if there's one super team that I would put on the Mount Rushmore that has, you know, maybe in your criteria, Dennis, that has one tag team titles, it would be either the Outsiders or it would be Steve Austin and Shawn Michaels from 1997. That was a cool group. I love that team. I loved the dynamic that the two of them didn't get along and the fact that they were, like, going up the, the best of the best at that time in the World Wrestling Federation going up against the Hart Foundation and that fantastic tag team match they had with Owen and Davey Boy. Oh, my God. Uh, from that from that Monday Night Raw in July of 97. But now that we've kind of put the, the cherry on top of the Sunday when it comes to the super team addition to Mount Rushmore, like I said, a team that could have been the Hollywood Blonde, Steve Austin and Brian Pillman. Oh, of course. I, mean, yeah. I followed Steve Austin probably from towards the end of his run in Global, the Global Wrestling Federation that used to air at 4 o'clock in the afternoons on ESPN from the Sportatorium in Dallas. And then, of course, I was a big Flying Brian fan because I just loved the fact that he, you know, flew around was, the ring. He was flying. He was flying Brian. And when they put he the two flight. of them, when they put the two of them together, it was like it was like, wow, this just fits. It works. Like they both work so well together. Like it's like it's it just felt natural watching the two of them become a tag team. And definitely probably in my opinion, the tag team with the most potential to become probably one of the greatest tag teams of all time but unfortunately they didn't for whatever reason that that's me hollywood blondes right okay there. okay um they were like a modern version of like arn and tully at that time in in, in 93 okay okay like for me um, as a kid what could have been um for again teams break up for a lot of reasons it's it's to facilitate an angle which is usually 90% of it it's an injury yep uh and the two that i have in mind as far as what could have been for each of those reasons the first one of what could have been for me was the tag team of Bret Hart and Owen Hart late 93 yeah. they were yeah. and and they weren't they, they had some solid tv matches they uh, again they were kind of together as a pairing to facilitate that breakup 
But man, take those two individually, Dennis. I know you don't want to do that. But take those two individually and say, wow, what they could have been as a tag team. You know, you know Just what? think about that. They, how amazing that team would have been. I know this sounds absolutely blasphemous at this point. Don't you say it. No, 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 no. You don't know where I'm going. I don't know. I, I was like, you're a little agility. You're a little agility. You don't know where I'm going. <laughs> we didn't talk <laughs> about this before, uh, so of course I don't know where you're going. It sounds like absolutely blasphemous because he's currently, Damasa Champa is currently the best heel, I think, in the world. But, but he's pretty good. But, 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 but I really believe Johnny Gargano and Damasa Champa could have been known as the best tag team currently in the world right now if they stayed together. Better than your uh, precious Young Bucks? I, uh, 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 hey, you, you, yeah, it sounds like a great rebuttal, Mr. Dave. Okay, okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> then, 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 uh, but, but, but I really think... Uh, as they had a good run, great, though. As great a great a rivalry this is, as, as like, uh, the better story is them rivaling now. Uh, they, they're, they're, they're incredible. But, but with that being said, did you see how the chemistry? Did you see how good they were together? Yeah, they had that, a great run. So it's I mean. not like they were shortchanged for any reason. No, but here's the thing. They didn't have a great run. What? They, 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 they won the belts. They, 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 had great the matches. Here's the thing. Revival, Authors of Pain. When they go main roster, right? When they finally go main roster, sooner or later. Uh, that, that, uh, and, and when it's all said and done, you think they're going to be reassembled? You think they could? Be, I, they could always I go don't back think there. They are. I don't now, think they are. now let's bring it back. I, I, I think. I think that was. I think. Uh, look at uh, when it comes back twenty years from now, we're going to say, "Wow, what could have been?" Well, we're going to look in our rest, uh, WWE archives and be like, "I don't know. We got like, what we got was pretty good." Tamata Champa could have been like that amazing tag team. But I want to let's bring it back a little bit, not too far back. So, like I said, Brett and Owen was kind of my what could have been, and again, I'm a Bret Hart guy. I'm an Owen guy, um, so to me that was like that would have just been beautiful. You are but one of his nuggets, uh, I mean, probably a golden one, a golden nugget, a golden of nugget. Look at that you know, <laughs> with, with the Hitman shades on. There you go. Um, but you know, I will, um, I will say another team more recent that I think what could have been uh, Chris Jericho and Edge, 2009. Yes. They won the tag team titles very abruptly, and it looked like they were on a two-man power trip type run, Okay, which, you know, feel free to piggyback off that. Yeah, And it ended up leading to Edge's torn Achilles that put him out for nine months, surprise Royal Rumble, return victory, and then facing Jericho at WrestleMania. For as little as what happened in their togetherness as a team and as a rivalry, it was pretty darn good. And that speaks to the talent of those two guys. Because they had injured. Edge is off TV as fast as they won the titles. He shows up and wins the Rumble. Maybe about six weeks later, he's the opponent for Chris Jericho. They go to WrestleMania. Jericho wins. They have another match the next week. And that's it. Yeah. But you know what? It was, it was short and sweet. But again, what could have been if they had a nice run as tag team champions? All right. You know what? You got... Juices are flowing. Creative juices are flowing here. I'm thinking, I'm thinking, I'm thinking. And you brought that up. You know, they had a run as tag team champions. But what about a team who was a, who solidified themselves as a very good tag team, in some ways is regarded as one of the best, 
but never had an opportunity at the tag team titles. And I'm talking about the Rockers, Shawn Michaels and Marty Jannetty. Well, they never won. They had opportunities. Yeah. Well, yeah. what I'm saying is they never had an opportunity to good run. They had that one match on Saturday night's main event with the Hart Foundation. The tag rope broke, and they, they, they never redid the match again. But I just remember as a kid being so disappointed that they broke up and they didn't get to be the tag team champions. That they were in the mix, in the thick of it, but they just, for whatever reason, put, didn't put the belts on them. Because I felt like they reminded me a lot of the Rock and Roll Express. Okay, I knew of the Rock and Roll Express before I knew of the Rockers, but I was primarily a WWF kid at the time. And I felt like, I feel like Sean and Marty, even though they had a long, sustainable run as a team... They didn't get their just due with the titles, in my opinion. And I felt like that's something that, like, it didn't, it doesn't hurt, it doesn't hurt Sean, bless you, it doesn't hurt Sean Michaels' resume whatsoever. It may definitely, I mean, it would have helped Marty's, I think, but it doesn't hurt Sean's, but that, that's just my take. I mean, Dennis. That's probably the best example of what could have been. Yeah, I totally agree. Probably is. It, it, it made me so sad, too. I can remember, like, yesterday, it, it, of course, it was Shawn Michaels versus Ric Flair. He's on the outside, and here goes Mario Gennetti, throw, throws, uh, you, you know... Uh, Michael's the, back in the yeah, ring. Back in yep. the ring, and then he loses the match. It was over. And I'm like, you can't end this. This is not how the story's supposed to end. They're supposed to win the title. So I totally agree with you. I can remember as a kid, that, that the, the, the what could have been story... Dave, I'm glad you brought that up. You're the winner of this conversation, in my opinion. <laughs> that, 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 I can remember. I go back. I can take a time machine and said and, and said, "Why are you gonna? Do, why Hopefully are you doing it's not this? New Day's time machine. Why are you doing this? Why are you splitting up the team? You know, I, I get it. I was only 12 years old, but I get what was going to happen. You know, All right, I, wanna, I get. I get that the, the, the ride was over. I want to hear more of these other picks from right. the, from some of the Facebook landers okay. of of no, kicking you know out it too. There's been there's been some good picks here. So. Um, Trent Tate sounds like sounds like a worker. Picked the Legion of Doom, the Steiner Brothers, the Midnight Express, and the Rock and Roll Express as his Mount Rushmore Ooh, tag teams. That's, that's pretty yeah, sound. Yeah, sound. Just, he had three out of four. For another sound uh, pick here, Joe Davis. Which is sound, which sounds very basic and bland, but I like you, Joe. We've talked before. He sounds like he got squashed by Braun Strowman on yeah. Raw last totally, week. Totally. <laughs> the Steiner Brothers, the Rock and Roll Express, the Legion of Doom, and the Dudley Boys. Okay, made his list. All right, so do we talk about oh, the Dudleys right. here? Yeah. I mean, I, I look. I like the Dudleys. Um, you know, ECW. I actually didn't really get to watch ECW a lot until they went on TNN. Yep. And it was at around that time that they had lost. The Dudleys, which for what it's worth, I you know I only shudder to think what that program was like if they were there. Yeah, but I think the Dudleys are kind of the last of a of a dying breed of like tag teams where it's like tried and true, like two guys right. There's no there's no chance those guys are ever going to split. You know what I mean? That's what you see a lot of tag teams as super teams, and let's develop. Oh, sorry, develop one guy who. Um, is going to be the star, be the Shawn Michaels, and the other one's going to be the Marty. Like, it's not a facilitator to something bigger. The Dudley Boys are that. I know you got that with the Usos now, which is pretty cool. There's nothing wrong with being in a tag team. And I think no. the Dudleys kind of reaffirmed that for me. Like, this is what you're going to be, and you can make the best of it and be pretty darn good. And guess what? They're Hall of Famers. Most decorated tag team in history. So it's hard to argue that one. Mm. Yeah, I mean, my... 
My introduction to the Dudley Boys, and I'll give you another spoiler alert, they are the third team that makes my tag team Mount Rushmore. Um, and part of this is a personal reason of mine, but you said it. They were like the last of a dying breed of when it came to tag teams. Up until more recently, like you said, with the Usos. I remember the first ECW and the only ECW show I ever went to took place at the Armory in Hartford, Connecticut, right by the Capitol. And I had gotten tickets from a buddy of mine uh, that watched wrestling with me. And we went, and they were pretty cheap. Um, and we were standing in line. We met up with his cousin, who I happened to had attended summer camp with years prior. And Jason was his name. Jason Ward. If you're listening out there, what's up, buddy? Um, and uh, I don't even think he's a wrestling fan anymore. I think he's been turned off by it. But anyhow. Shame. <laughs> Shame, Jason Ward. Jason was a big Dudley Boys fan. He dressed up like Bubba. He had the Stars and Bars um, bandana, the tie-dye shirt, the glasses with the tape in the middle. Boop, like, boop, Yeah, exactly. He did, he did that. And this was in the summer of 1999. This was before they got the deal with TNN. And... <clears throat> the Dudleys come out, and before they come out, Jason says to me, he goes, you're going to have to, like, really sit and watch what this is going to happen, what's going to happen here. He goes, the Dudleys come out, they got no entrance music, and they're probably going to cause a riot. And I'm like, okay, yeah, whatever, you know, right? I'm mean, not really thinking much of it. So they come out, and it's the, it's the entourage, Bubba, Devon, Sign Guy Dudley, and Joel Gertner. And they're doing the usual, um, you know, Gertner does his usual shtick. And then, uh, now we're in Hartford, okay, in Hartford, Connecticut, and it's a predominantly Latin American audience in Hartford. You, I mean, I, from, judging from my account of it, there were That's a lot fair. of people of Latin American descent there. So, I'll never forget... Um, Bubba Ray gets on the microphone. He's, I think he's standing like in the corner and um, he, he, t he goes to some, there's a, there's a, a Latin American girl sitting in the front row and he says, uh, Hey honey, why don't you get your Puerto Rican ass in here? So Devon can give you nine inches of this black cock and like the whole, Holy yeah, <laughs> I've never heard anything like that before at a wrestling show. You know, you always hear like the bad guys, like they shit on the town or the sports team or whatever. But I was like, oh my God. Like I thought like, well, like he must have gone off script or something, right? Like I didn't, I, I wasn't exposed as much to ECW at the time. And then, um, uh, the same woman who I think her boyfriend was there or her husband or whoever, whatever he was, her significant other, they had brought a Puerto Rican flag with them. Oh, and no. Bubba, you know, in, 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 you know, Bubba Ray Dudley fashion, the character, uh, he goes, he goes to the boyfriend, he, he's waving the flag, he's like, yo, Quiero, suck my dick. And I was like, wow, like this, like, this, like, this guy's going to jump over the rail any second now. I'm surprised he hasn't. And then Bubba gets outside the ring, gets in the guy's face, and was like, I dare you to cross the railing and punch me in the fucking face. Oh, that's and then, awesome. And now, you know, ECW at the time hired Atlas Security. And you, you probably recognize one of the guys. He's a big big son of a bitch he's got a, you know he's got like a, a tom Selleck kind of mustache they call him ronnie from atlas security long hair you've probably seen him before yeah, yeah. Just, it looks right? like don west <laughs> yeah exactly it looks like don west i actually thought it was don west for a while 
anyhow, are um, you freaking kidding me? He, uh, Bubba says to Bubba says, to, Ronnie, Ronnie, step out of the way. Let him, let him jump over. Let him jump the rail. I'll kick his fucking ass. Come on, let's do it. And he's really getting in this guy's face. And then the guy won't jump the rail because, you know, he's a fan or whatever, or maybe he's just fucking scared of him. And this woman, this, this Latin American woman, um, I wouldn't say she was overweight, but she was wearing a dress that wasn't too kind to her figure, if I can put it lightly that's fair um and bubba looks at her and says honey you look like 10 pounds of shit in a five pound bag in that fucking dress and at that point that's when ronnie from atlas security okay bubba okay was like all right enough's enough because now this guy's really gonna jump the rail and that was my first introduction to the dudley boys and then after I saw that, I was like, I got to find a way to check out these guys and what they're all about. And I, had, you know, would stay up late on the MSG network and watch Dudley Boys and, and, and on ECW and see some of their stuff. And I was like, holy cow. And they were probably, like you said, the last of a dying breed of a tag team. But the last, like, they were in some ways they were a throwback at the same time because they were a tag team. And they had such big drawing power in ECW that they could main event a pay-per-view, which at that time in 1999, on a mainstream level between WCW and WWF, that was unheard of. And then, of course, ECW you know, files for bankruptcy, WWE buys out WCW, and the Dudley Boys you know, from 19, late 1999 until about 2005, and then maybe even farther on in their time in TNA as Team 3D, really continue to build their resume. They left ECW as eight-time tag team champions. They go to WWE. They win the belts probably another six or seven times. They win the TNA tag team titles. They won titles over in Japan. I mean, they really, they, they like you said, the most decorated tag team in terms of the, the championships they won, but a team that, like, from my perspective, they're, they still had sustainable drawing power um, all throughout their careers. And that's why, for me, they probably make, they definitely make my Mount Rushmore of tag teams joining the Freebirds and the Road Warriors. Dennis? Well, uh, if you're referring to my Mount Rushmore, yep. but with Heavy Heart, I actually leave those uh, Dudley Boys out of the conversation. Okay, I, and, that's fair. And, uh, and, and, uh, my, Who makes the cut? And uh, my third tag team is going to be in the Midnight Express. Which version? Dennis uh, and Rant? Uh, Dennis and... Uh, of course, of course. And Bobby or, uh, Den- or Bobby and Stan? Bobby. Interesting. And, 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 absolutely. Okay. That, that, that with Jim Cornette, that, that whole... That whole, that whole threesome. That, that, uh, I know everyone goes gaga for the Rock and Roll Express. And everyone thinks that that was the... The main draw. Yeah. Uh, that that uh, I don't agree with that. I think, uh, believe it or not, as much as I love the Rock and Roll Express, I think more people went and bought a ticket to see the Midnight Express and get their ass kicked more than people. So maybe we went, in, went went in there to see the Midnight Express do their abilities. I really, really believe that. And that's why. A spoiler alert: I leave the Rock and Roll Express out and I put the Midnight Express in. Uh, that that uh, I thought. Their work is what the people went to, went for. People went to see the Midnight Express to get their butts kicked and Jim Cornette get their ass kicked. 
more than people saw wanted to see the Midnight Express go over. My my introduction to the Midnight Express came late with Dennis Condry um, and and Bobby Eaton. Probably my first exposure to them was uh, their their run against the Road Warriors at the Starcade with the scaffold match when Cornette blew out both his of knees. Course, That's probably yeah. my first exposure to them that I can recall. Uh, Great spot, bad match. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, I mean, I, I wouldn't say it was a bad match in terms of, I mean, if you want to say a, a, ability, I mean, there's not much you could do up there on a scaffold, but I think in terms of suspense and drama and the way it was built up, I think it was an incredible match because you paid money to see the Road Warriors toss Cornette off the scaffold more than you know, Dennis Condry and Bobby Eaton. But um, my recollection of the Midnight Express comes more with Stan Lane, when Stan Lane was included into the mix with Bobby Eaton. And that was, you know, their rivalry with the Rock and Roll Express. People will remember, wrestling historians will probably remember Rock and Rolls and Midnight from their time in Mid-South with Bill Watts when Dennis Condry was a part of that mix. But for me, Midnight's, I remember more of Bobby Eaton and Stan Lane. Their runs as tag team champions, you know, NWA tag team champions, NWA United States tag team champions when they had, the, you know, those championships and the 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 different rivalries they had with uh, the Freebirds and with the Samoan Squat team and the Road Warriors and, and things like that. So uh, that's my, you know, that's my take on the Midnight Express. Definitely not a bad um, a pick for your Mount Rushmore. You know, two two people on social media picked the Midnights as a part of their Mount Rushmore. So I can't argue that point. They definitely are um, a team that, you know, I feel doesn't get enough respect when it comes to the discussion on tag team wrestling because they were one of those teams that um, – they could main event just about anywhere against, you know, like teams like the, the the Rock and Roll Express and Legion of Doom. And, you know, tag team wrestling in the main event nowadays is, you know, very few and far between. But that's a great pick there, the Midnight Express. What about you, Justin? For the Midnights, you know, I, I don't have a lot of um, insight on the Midnight Express, to be honest. Um, yeah. You know, I, I think Jim Cornette was such a huge part of that package that made it such a, a, a like you wanted to see Jim you wanted them to you wanted to get to Jim Cornette I feel like was yeah. kind of oh, yeah. the, the, the the tease with, yeah. the, with with and you were getting a good match in between yeah um again I, I don't have again a much firsthand you know you know recollection of of the Midnight Express other than that and I mean you'll probably see him in the WWE Hall of Fame eventually I, I mean, would hope some some rendition of the midnight express for that for that matter yeah um tony volp on social media put the midnights the rock and roll express the brain busters and the legion of doom as his four for the tag team mount rushmore it seems very uh jim crockett-esque mm-hmm. so to speak i don't think that's egregious no not at all i don't i don't think so myself but um uh yeah, there's, you know, Tony's picks, and he was one of the two out of, you know, the individuals that had responded on social media. Um, you know, Dennis gave the Midnights his third pick. The Dudleys were mine. Who's your third, Justin, in the tag team Mount Rushmore? I waffled with this a little bit, but I'm going to stick with it, kind of with my, my gradual transition between eras. 
I'm gonna go with the New Age Outlaws. Wow. Ooh, I'm gonna go with the wow. New Age Outlaws. Okay. They you, were oh, you you sell, unconventional you, tag team. You said that's a hard sell. I think that's a very they hard got sell. they got heat. They were cool. You know, they just kind of they were a part of an era of professional wrestling where they just tried things just to be different. The the, the era of wrestling as a whole, and, and they embodied successful. that, and were successful. Yeah. I will say this though, their talent was overridden by the Hardys, the Dudleys, you know, Edge and Christian. And Edge and Christian is, you know, has a near and dear place to, in my heart in that era, in that area, but they ushered in the Attitude Era as far as tag team wrestling was concerned. And they made great um, great bodies for DX, you know what I mean, as far as working matches, bumping, getting heat. I just thought that to me like they were they're hopefully underappreciated. And every year when they talk about a Hall of Fame and you always talk about, you know... A tag team. The headliner, the manager, the, you know, the female who's going to get into me. Every year, I my first team in mind is the New Age Outlaws. There is no reason why that team should not be in the Hall of Fame. That They are, again, they had a, they had a total package of, of work rate, mic skills, heat getting. They, they did it all. No I'm, doubt. I'm not going to lie to you. They were in the discussion for 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 my uh, for my uh, you know Mount Rushmore, but uh, I felt like in the short amount of time they were a team, they definitely made an impact for sure. I'm not going to deny that, and they were a staple of tag team wrestling in the Attitude Era. Um, unfortunately, I would have liked to have seen them do more. Oh, agreed. Uh, toward, towards you know, like to like the middle of the late 2000s. Obviously, Billy got injured, and they kind of split them off and did other things with them. But uh, you know, they're definitely you know Bruce Pritchard jokes and has a top five of tag teams, and it always changes. But you know, New Age Outlaws definitely makes my top five of my favorite personal favorite tag teams. But I don't feel like, in some regards, and you know. You're, you're, it's for me personally, your pick of the Outlaws is not a hard sell. I'll let you explain in a moment, Dennis, why it is, but I just don't feel like to get that Mount Rushmore kind of nod for the Outlaws is appropriate for them because I feel like they almost fall in that category of they could have been more in some respects. They did a lot, don't get me wrong, but I feel like there was still more left on the table for them as a team and unfortunately injuries to billy gunn changed that and then creative decisions and then you know road dog eventually left the well company. i think the biggest thing that they did was again they, they the stagnant nature of wwe at that time was they shook up the whole scene of tag team wrestling like just the heat they got and the things they did i really i, I hearken back to that dumpster spot on that monday night raw that was to me, as real as it freaking yeah. got. No, I, I, you know I, what I mean? And again, I just, get behind they're that, just... Yeah. They they exemplified the Attitude yeah. Era. You know what I mean? No, I Maybe they it. were the Dudley Boys light because they weren't gonna they weren't crossing racial and ethnic boundaries yeah. you know, on a microphone, but yeah. they they just knew... And again, they were cool. And, yeah. not, and I didn't like them initially, but mm-hmm. you, you grew to like them. To me, I just felt, felt like a traditional tag team goes out there, you know, it's this team of guys and there's this just symbiotic for what it's worth they weren't like peanut butter and jelly either Mm. in the ring they were just two dudes two punks working together talking shit and just you know being bullies and 
to me that was just so simple. Yeah. And it just it pulls at you. You know what I mean? But they made it cool eventually. And, no, I, I can't. and I, like I said, I, their plate. I feel like it's the timing of where they were that is so much of their impact. Because yeah. if, you know it wouldn't have worked a year earlier, and it wouldn't have worked a year later. It's hard. It's it's hard not to argue what you're saying by any means. You know, what I mean, that's your personal opinion. I got my opinion on where they stand in terms of the Mount Rushmore discussion. You, Dennis, on the other hand, claim that this is a hard sell. For I think you. it's egregious. I really do. Let me tell you why. I think it's absolutely egregious. So you take. Take uh, you, you know the the the, the whole uh, you know uh, the the new uh, the, you know G, 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 my speech impediment's kicking in uh, the G Generation X. Take all of them. Why did they were even created? It was the WWE's ripoff of the NWO, and 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 nobody who's involved will ever 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 say that's that's the greatest statement. Cause that's the truth. It is. Who cares? But that being said, that, 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 that being said, then who makes the bigger impact? The outsiders or or the or, or the new age outlaws, you know what I mean? But 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 that was digress. So by that general mission alone, that's why one of my favorite tag teams of all time, spoiler again, is gonna be demolition, and they don't even make my list. Because what are they? They're a cheap rip off of LOD. Everyone knows that. Yeah, they, but if you can do it better. I mean, then what, like, Hulk Hogan's a ripoff of Superstar Billy Graham, and who did it better? All like, right. Superstar Billy Graham is a ripoff of Gorgeous George yeah. and Muhammad Ali. We live in a world where, we live in a copycat Everybody world. Everybody rips off everyone. This yeah. is, this, and it's not exclusive to wrestling. You go anywhere, you, you copy the idea that works, and you do it better. I don't disagree with, with the, you know, maybe saying the NWO was the greater impact than, say, DX, but you know what? Who's going to sell more t-shirts in 2018? D-Generation X, probably. I mean, history is written by the winners, so I'll give you that. But at the end of the day, the NWO, the Outsiders, to me, that that was a, a super tag team that could have been more because of the skills of the guys involved. They just happened to have belts thrown on them. The New Age Outlaws, they were just, they were a tag team. You know what I mean? They weren't put together to face a super team. They were put together to face a tag team. I know I just contradicted myself because the outlaws faced Chainsaw and Cactus, but they were they were still a place a, below the the upper card that made the tag team scene matter more so than it did before. What happened in tag team wrestling in WWF before the New Age Outlaws? The Body Donnas, the Godwins, the Smoking the guns. Smoking Guns. That was awful. I mean, again, time and place probably favoring the Outlaws a lot more because again. What made them awesome was that they were such a stark difference of the era before them, but at the same time, they were swallowed up by the, the, the great talent that came behind them. So I can't doubt that at all. But that small period of time, they maximized it in a way where, yes, what could have been, but you know what? What, what was, was fucking awesome. Okay, so my rebuttal is that uh, what exactly criteria... Is the reason why you put the New Age Outlaws in New? They ushered in the attitude. They were an usher of the Attitude Era. Okay, absolutely. Okay, talk about Steve Austin. I know people talk like Gold Dust and all that stuff. Great, you know, different aspects of the Attitude Era were ushered in by people. DX, even sure, but you know what? Before DX was a thing, yes, they were together before the Outlaws. But who joined the D- who joined DX? The Outlaws. And you could argue that that version of DX was the best DX. Yeah. You can. And yeah. it's probably because of the addition of the New Age Outlaws and X-Pac and China being in there with Triple H and, and, and carrying the load without Shawn Michaels. But it's the New Age Outlaws that made them cool. 
or not DX cool, but it, it was the new age outlaws that were cool enough to be a part of DX. All right. You know what I mean? It was like Sean. It was it'd be, they were recruited by the best guys in the business to join the group, I, and that's for a reason. I just think there should that there should be three criteria for any wrestler, tag team, or what manager or whatever. It should be, of course. I think I mentioned this before. Yes. Draw power. Yep. Talent and impact. I think the New Age Outlaws only hit on uh, one of them, and that was impact. Ooh, they were talented, dude. I don't think they were. They were they were very vanilla with their moves. And let me ask you, really, let me just really that. What was their finisher? I don't know the name of exactly. it. Exactly. I... You know what? That's a, that's kind of a good point. I'm not saying that that that. that that, What's that, the Young Bucks up, finisher? Oh, it's a thing for your buck and the Melter Driver. Thank you. The Melter Driver. That doesn't Fuck count on Melter Driver. <laughs> Thank you. But no, he. you know what? He kind of spawned something here for a second there when it comes to his finisher, you know, with, to their finisher. They didn't really have a finisher. I mean, Road Dog did the pump handle slam, and Billy had the Famouser. I'm not saying that. I'm not uh, no, saying you bring, that. No, you bring up a good point. But it, did it matter? At that, really time, right, at that time, no, because a lot there were a lot of things that were very unconventional yeah. about the Attitude Era. I'm not going to say, but to me, like as a, as an old school wrestling fan before the Attitude Era, Fair. finishing moves for a tag team was almost as vital, uh, you know, than anything else in a presentation of a tag team. Fair. So Fair. for them to, but then again, like I said, it. it it kind of goes both and ways. That, and, and, and I feel like that was probably, in many ways, without even knowing it, and, and, and maybe you were bringing it up, meant, you know, kind of molds that into the equation, but they didn't have a fit, finisher. Yeah. You know what I mean? They're, they're, just two, they're just two dudes. Yeah. They're not there to... Yeah, they were pleasing the crowds with their, their shtick on the mic, but they weren't this sound team of just tag in, tag out, cut the ring in half, work a body part. They were just two dudes, and that got a reaction and got heat you know especially at the at their zenith like they were like that to me is again they're a place in history to help usher in what i call the greatest era of wrestling in just popularity terms to me is it, it puts them in the the mount rushmore for me. no you can't doubt their contributions whatsoever all right um to kind of circle it back here a little bit um, it's great discussion, you know, both of you in terms of, you know, your feelings on the New Age Outlaws place in tag team wrestling here. But, uh, you know, Justin had previously mentioned that, uh, you know, the Legion of Doom, the New Age Outlaws and the Freebirds are part of his Mount Rushmore. Uh, my Mount Rushmore, the Dudley Boys, the Legion of Doom and the Freebirds. Dennis, you had the Freebirds, the Legion of Doom. Who's your third? You oh. said Demolition's one of your favorite teams, but they didn't make the list. Uh, it, it, so that, who made the list for you? Let's definitely we can digress real quick, yeah. Dave. Absolutely honorable mention, Demolition, absolutely. But like I said that 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 it would just so Justin, that that you can't put a rip off. Uh, you can't put the uh, I, I, uh, the, you got to be original in in, yep. in, in, this, in this great industry. Okay. Uh, that, that, so so the, the, so the so the third tag team that I put in, like I said. And I know what you're going to say, how about him ripping up DX and all the other stuff. I'm going with the Young Bucks. A, wow. draw right. power. We're going to get into the thick once of it, again, go ahead, continue. Once again, here, here, here's, what, here, here's my analysis on any wrestler, tag team, wrestler or manager. Draw power, impact, talent. and talent. Okay. I think they hit one, two, and three. They go coast to coast, worldwide. That, that, that they go everywhere. And not only... Think about this, ladies and gentlemen, the listening audience of Kicking Out in Two. 
that 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 uh, that, that uh, when you main event, right? That uh, uh, that's your main draw. And, and Dennis they, is illustrating his going, point with a too sweet hand gesture. Ladies and gentlemen, they're going coast to coast, worldwide. And what are they doing? They're, the ta- a tag team is main eventing in this day and age. How hard is that to, to be the main event and a tag team this era? You know what I mean? They're not, not only that, uh, Dave, they're main eventing as a tag team on pay-per-views for New Japan now. So that being said, their impact, their talent, their draw power is absolutely one of the top four of all time. Now, I don't even think that's even, not even debatable. <laughs> well, all right. You, you mentioned demolition as an honorable mention. Um, before I rebut with my statement regarding the Young Bucks and regarding their, uh, you know, their, their place in tag team wrestling and, and your reasons behind their their uh, their place on your Mount Rushmore, uh, you know, demolition you mentioned was an honorable mention on the on the tag team Mount Rushmore. If there was a team that I was probably going to honorably mention uh, that almost made my Mount Rushmore was probably the New Age Outlaws that made your that made your group. Because I would they, argue because they were kind of like the Young Bucks. Them and Arn and Tully, I thought about making this list. I really did. Um, those two, probably right there, I flirted with throwing in in, in my my. Uh, and that's because they're personal favorites of mine. I'm not discrediting what the, what the two teams brought, but just basically my my interaction and my 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 viewing habits watching them as a kid. Now, let me get to why I disagree with you on a number of levels when it comes to the Young Bucks. I respect your opinion and that's why I love having you on here. You are you you stand by your convictions and I want someone that's going to be a part of this show that's going to stand by their convictions and stand by what they believe in, you know, regardless of other people's differing opinions, but in terms of drawing power and what they've done in today's wrestling world, I can't take that away from them, okay? They have taken a Bullet Club brand, and they've taken their own brand themselves, and they've marketed that without a big-time marketing machine like WWE has with their with their talent, okay? They've done that on their own, okay? They've, they 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 got an endorsement deal with Hot Topic. The, the, the latest craze in kids' toys are those Funko Pops and... They don't even work for WWE, and they got to deal with them too. I mean, the, the, they have helped launch Pro Wrestling Tees into a bigger operation than it was a couple of years ago. Um, and I'm not denying their their draw or their impact in the industry on that level, okay? I'm not. But here's the problem I have with them, and I said this before on this show, and I'll say it again. They are... In some ways, they are innovators and trailblazers. But ripping off DX and the NWO with the two-sweet hand gesture, telling people to suck it, and the whole fucking match is 800 super kicks, and there's just no psychology sometimes with their matches. They are talented. The moves they do in the ring, the flips, and the you know they are talented dudes. They risk it all. I am not denying their talent. But I think from a psychology standpoint, their matches... 
in many ways are parodies. It's not. It doesn't exemplify a wrestling match. I would it's, say their matches are more of a show than they are contests. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. That's a, yeah, that's even that's a better way of even putting it. But you know and what? It's it's got its place on a card, though. I'm you know not what I mean? It a show. You know, a showman aspect of a, of is going to put a different spin on. It what we're all there to be is entertained and they do a good job at that. I'm not saying, no, I'm not saying that they don't have a place on the card whatsoever. I just think that maybe it's me being an old curmudgeon as a wrestling fan. I, I really don't know, but there's just something about them that like, it does not connect with me. Have they grown on me a little bit in terms of what they're doing in the industry with, you know, the recent all in event. And, you know, they're, they're probably going to be, if they don't sign with WWE when their contracts run out at the end of this year, they'll probably be a part of that big Madison square garden show with new Japan and ring of honor. Um, but I, I, they've grown on me in the sense of what they've been able to bring to the industry in terms of trying to make the industry better as a whole, better for people that don't make it to WWE. You know what I mean? I, I can I, I can't fault them for that. A pat on the back, those guys have done a great job marketing themselves and trying to make the business better. You know, than they found it. I, I'm not gonna take that away from them but i just i don't know i saw them live once at a northeast wrestling independent show a few years ago they wrestled del rio and matt hardy and the whole match was them telling the referee to suck it and you know they the the one thing i did like about them you know paying homage to the older groups was that in the match and i don't think they do this now but maybe they just did this as a one-time thing each time they tagged in and out they used the two sweet hand gesture and the referee counted that that is kind of cool I like that, that was cool i'll say that like they would be like the the one of them I forget one Nick and Matt I think they're their yeah, names yeah, yeah. they would they would say too sweet and then they fucking hold it up boom they would do it and the referee would go tag how, you're in like, how do they run a hot tag like that like the crowd like crawl like ah oh, yeah oh, and then like yeah well, they were too the sweet no, they were they were the heels yeah they they did a pre match storyline where they um they attacked, told everyone to suck it they attacked Del Rio um, which is I mean, he's a heel, but okay. Yeah, well, yeah he was, this <laughs> he's was, a heel! <laughs> motherfucker! Um, but yeah, so that's just my... Maybe it's just because of my personal experience. I've watched some of their stuff now. Uh, more recently, I watched their tag match against uh, the Golden Lovers from that San Francisco... Uh, or from that Long Beach, New Japan show back in March. And as... As fun as that match was at times, there were also times where I was like, how the hell did this guy kick out of this fucking move? And then like, and, and, and why haven't they finished him off with something else? Don't they realize the super kick isn't doing it? You know what I mean? Like, I was just like, like seriously, like they keep, they go, keep going to the well and they, they, the guy keeps kicking out. Like, and that's just another thing about wrestling today that bothers me is that finishing moves don't mean shit anymore because everyone's got to get their finishing move in more than once and everybody's got to kick out of those finishing moves. That's another discussion for another day. But my, I think they need to add more to their resume. And I'm not saying they need to go to WWE to do that. But they need to add more to their resume, in my opinion, if they want to be on the tag team Mount Rushmore. Now, you have your opinion, and I respect that, Dennis. I wholeheartedly respect that. But for me as a person, they just don't connect with me as much as they connect with you. And that's what gives me goosebumps, what you just said. And I mean that, goosebumps with the Young Bucks. I think if they... The hair is standing up If they retire today, I think that they should be acknowledged as one of the best tag teams of all time. And they barely scratched the surface. They got 10 years of wrestling still left in them. Well, you know, you and I have talked about this, you know, off-air separately. Like, 
as I've you know, you're waiting for the day where, you know, the Bucks and Omega and and company kind of make the jump to WWE. And as I've said to you, they're like, you know, they have so much creative aspirations and fulfillment to reach that I'm very sure that those guys will not be signing with WWE. You know, as long as there's more history to make. I think so that includes up. that includes Madison Square Garden. I don't see those guys going to Matt. You know, going to WWE for uh, uh, the the guaranteed payday. To that not they're work get. the guard. Correct. Yeah, I hear and, you. Right you know there. what I mean? If 100%. there's, to, I, I and I heart, I liken these guys, as I said to you, to like musical artists or an athlete who's trying to win a championship. They're gonna go win that trophy. They're gonna go win that award, a Grammy, an Oscar. They're gonna fill that artistic void that they have with those creative juices. And once they do that, you know what? They'll go cash in on a Michael Bay movie. You know what I mean? They'll go they'll go play in their for their hometown childhood favorite team after they've won the Super Bowl, you know? You they knowing full well their best work is probably behind them. But they've done it all. Now it's time to go take home the bacon. And that's what I think the young bucks and those guys are. But even if they don't, Dennis, I do agree with you. They deserve a place in history. There's, there's, there should be a chapter devoted to the Young Bucks and those guys. I'm not saying Absolutely. They, I, I think they need more to do to get that place in history, but I think that so far part of your criteria helps them get there well on their way. Like I, I, that's, how I, that's just my take on it here. As we get back to the social media discussion, like I said, I want to thank everybody on Facebook for, for participating and being a part of this and giving us your Mount Rushmore of tag teams. Here's an interesting one. Um, he goes by the name of Ontario Hewitt. Uh, he didn't give us a, a Mount Rushmore. He just gave us one tag team that he considers the greatest of all time. He gave us the Rock and Roll Express. He says, Rock and Roll Express is the GOAT, the end. All right, that's, I mean, if that's as much time as he wants to give us, we'll just give him that equal amount of time. (laughs) That's fine. All right, (laughs) I'm not going to argue that. Ontario, we appreciate it. Here's an interesting one. Jackson John, which sounds like a a mid-1990s WWF enhancement talent. Uh, Or a porn name. But I don't know if it's, you know, a, a play on John Jackson. I don't know. Anyhow, Legion of Doom obviously made his Props list. Props to Jackson John. Dudley Boys made his list. The New Day made his list. I tell you what. And that's a team... And now I wanted to kind of get into this discussion a little bit because that's a team that they have stuck with for quite some time and they've... They've real. There, it looks like WWE in today's landscape is really trying to establish something special with them. They've kind of instituted the Freebird rule a little bit with, you know, the guys tagging in in, in the matches and. You never, at the time when they were heel tag team champions, you never knew which two were going to defend the titles. Your thoughts on New Day as a team and their place in tag team wrestling? Spoiler alert: They're my last team on the roster. Yes. Holy shit! Wow. F you, Ron Jackson, John Jameson, for <laughs> taking my heat. Thirty seconds into it. Wow. I, I am very serious. I I've, oh, I've, I I preface my Mount Rushmore as an evolution of transitioning, leaving the business better than you left you it. You make it a good point Make there. it okay. setting up the, 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 the world you are entering X, Y, and Z, right? All that evolutional aspects. Wow. And to me, the New Day is the latest incarnation of tag team wrestling in mainstream wrestling. Um, and they are 
you know, I thought it was really cool that they were the ones that inducted the Freebirds into the Hall of Fame. That, that was, was at the cool, peak yeah. of their, not even, not even the peak, that was the the uh, coming out party for the New Day, I would call it. Because, you know, the, the bootios and the cereal boxes and, you know, all that stuff. To me, I, call, I put them in there for a lot of the Freebird, you know, rule aspects that you mentioned. But I also put them in there because they sell merchandise, they move money, they bring in money. Um, that's number two. And number three, kind of what we were talking about with the Road Warriors while I think they're talented enough to make it happen, it's just so damn hard to boo them right now. They're just so likable. You know what I mean? Yes, they were bad guys at first, but where they are now, they're just so awesome. And yes, they have the talent, they have the chops to, I think, flip the script. But why, But if you're making the money you're making, why would you ruin a good thing? We, you know, The rumors have always been, you know, in the last few months of splitting them up. Why? We've talked about it before, Dave. Why? No, you I want to build think... a good tag team? Leave the three of them together. I don't care how good Big E can be. I don't care how good Kofi is. I don't care how amazing, you know, Xavier Woods can be. I almost called him Consequences Creed. Um, <laughs> I just, to me, why? Like, if that's your, going back to the, 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 the throwback and the appeal of tag teams, it doesn't have to build to a singles career always. If you're just a tag team... Why can't you just be a tag team? And they are, and they are bringing that back to life along I, with the Usos, right. and that's why I put them in as the as they are now the current level of what tag team wrestling is currently. To kind of go off your statement there, just for a little bit regarding why break them up, I'm not saying to break the break up the New Day currently. And yes, this is a retro pro wrestling podcast where we're now talking about current day affairs when it comes to pro wrestling, but. Um, for those of you that are just tuning in, you know, hitting the fast forward button, this is still throwback and retro, so don't worry. Uh, we're going to, you know, go off course a little bit here. But um, I think they've done it all in terms of tag team wrestling. I know that, you know, that the, the WWE wants to create something special with them on a tag team level, and I think they have, and they've done a great job of it. But I don't think they should break them up, but I'm a big proponent of them in reinventing themselves in another manner keeping them as a unit but still instituting that 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 solidarity between the three of them in a singles role with a singles championship instituting the freebird rule with the new day collectively holding the u.s title or the intercontinental title you know i really feel like there's there's a lot of legs with that. They've done it with the tag team titles, okay? It would be interesting for it, sure. I think I'm not saying they have to be good guys or bad guys, you know, one or the other, but I feel like they've conquered the WWE tag team ranks. Let's see what the three of them can do as a unit with the United States title. More importantly, the United States title because the Intercontinental title's gotten some great shine in the last couple of years and they've they've really helped reestablish that title as something important. The US title is almost today's modern day version of the European title where it's a title to just give to someone to to reward them for their hard work, but there's really not a lot of importance. I, I on certainly it. like the the idea behind that. I think too is what's wrong with putting your rolling your sleeves up and again, we're not fantasy bookers here, but what's wrong with rolling your sleeves up and saying, all right, let's create and get over teams to then work with the New Day? And I'm I think, not saying that there's anything so wrong to, with that. Like, because that would be like saying, like, all right, Hulk Hogan's worked with everybody there is to work with. Let's just make him a tag team wrestler now. You no, know what I mean? I mean... Well, I know what you're saying, and I like that idea, but what I'm saying is, is that, like, 
if you if you want tag team wrestling to matter, you need you need that staple, you need that draw card, and that's what they are. So why 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 kind of change the course so much and affect a lot of other people's you know paychecks when you could say you know what? And I think they are doing this. You know what? Let's go get the Bludgeon Brothers over. Let's go get the Usos over. Cesaro and Sheamus. Let's get all these other teams over so that we can create new and interesting matchups at different times with the New Day. But why can't they do both? I mean, there's three of them, you know what I mean? In a sense, like, sure. why can't why, why can't they, you know, bounce around and sure. back and forth between a singles championship and working in the tag team? They division? could. They could certainly do that, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you see it on NXT with, with uh, the Undisputed Era. You could certainly do that, absolutely. Not arguing that. Yeah. I just think that there's no reason to say, all right, they're over. They sell a lot of merchandise. Let's split them up. Let's, that to me, that's, if I was a stockholder in that company, I had any say of anything, I'd say, why would you do that? You just, you're shutting down a profit center of merchandise and cereal boxes and pancakes and whatever else they're going to create that is just going to just fly off the shelves. I know that's the business side of it, but that's how entertaining they are is that they can get, they can get freaking cereal over that never existed yeah. beforehand. They can yeah. get pancakes over just by yeah. throwing them at you. Dennis, your take on this New Day pick. You, brought, you, you had an out, out there pick with the Young Bucks. Justin, you kind of went the evolution route and uh, you know gave us your, your New Day as your final, your fourth and final uh, team on the Mount Rushmore. Your take on not only Justin's pick, but just in, the new, as in general, the New Day. Oh, I love the New Day right off the bat. And here's why I don't, I don't think Justin's pick is egregious. If I think if... They retire today. Would they go down as the best four tag teams of all time? No. But 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 but, but when I do, I think if they work together for another two three years, will they? Absolutely. So yeah. so, so why avoid the inedible? So, so, so I'm with Justin. They're going to be my opinion. Why split them up? You're you're fools. Yeah. WWE. They're not fools. So, so, so yes, I think they're going to be around for the next two three years. So yes, in two three years there will be. They'll absolutely have the acolytes to, to, to be a part of the the, the uh, uh, Mount Rushmore. So, so I think I think I think I, I don't necessarily agree with it, but 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 I don't think it's egregious either. I I, I think it's actually a good pick indeed. I do. It's impact, and yeah. that's how I built yeah. my Mount Rushmore. It's impact. What do these teams do to shake up the genre of tag team wrestling and just wrestling as a whole? And I think you look at my my the Road Warriors, the Freebirds, the Outlaws, and the New Day, and they all made an impact in a certain way that set up what was to come now that's the next thing that the new day has as we talked about now that they are established they are the anchor of tag team wrestling in wwe how can they now take tag team wrestling to a level above where it is now and where they brought it to to then maybe split off and be a, a separate entity where the tag team wrestling could survive on their own that'd be that would speak really well to their legacy I, if they could do something like that. honestly i'm not saying and we talked about this earlier i'm not saying split them up i'm not even saying move them away and, and, and primarily put their that that group's focus on tag team wrestling but I feel like with the depth of of where tag teams are in WWE today, between the Usos and between, uh, you know, even like Sanity, The Bar, The Revival, I feel like, and and we've talked about this, like they they need to just merge both tag team titles together and have one overall tag team division within the entire company. But I feel like New Day can leave and, and, you know, not 
work the tag team division and primarily do the they could do both but i think like tag team wrestling in wwe isn't a good place where they don't need the new day to to anchor that you know and but at the same time if you you need something to to help get a team over or to help pop a tag team rivalry you can you can slot new day in there anytime it's almost like the same way where you can you know do a dx reunion and it's still gonna be popular yeah no it's still i gonna get I, over i, I definitely I mean? agree i feel like the new day are at a point where like you look at them and again as an anchor they're not just an anchor of the tag team division they're, they're the anchor of whatever brand they're on yeah you know what i mean you know as you know in the next year and a half or year or so when they you know reshuffle and move SmackDown to Fox, there's going to be a huge consideration of where to put the New Day. You know what I mean? There's going to be a, a, a serious conversation about, do we, put a, do we put this merchandise mover on Friday nights on Fox? Yeah. Do we put this merchandise mover on Monday Night Raw? Yeah. Because to me, they're a priority in, in, the, in the direction of the company. They're for, a flagship. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And that's to me, also speaks to why I put them on that list. Okay. There probably hasn't been a flagship as a whole, for a singular team in that company, gosh, in a law, you know, they're maybe unique. Since, maybe since the Outlaws, because the Outlaws you would kind of consider in the Attitude Era, maybe maybe with the association with DX yes, as a flagship. Yes, that, that's a good point. If you, with the caveat of DX being that, that, that flagship, yes, because, but at the same time, the New Day also have the, you know, the convenient... You know the conveniency of being in in a time and place where they have so many platforms to reach people. Yeah, you know what I mean. Social media and all this other digital platforms that they can reach their audience and be entertaining twenty four hours a day, seven days a week. You had to wait one week. You had to wait every Monday night to to be entertaining with the Outlaws, yeah, or the Road Warriors, or you know whoever it is. The New Day, I think, again, they they live. They're in a different time and place where I think they're again unique to WWE in that regard. Yeah, they. They, like you said, are a flagship. There probably hasn't been a tag team in the history of that company that has that type of status. Think about it. In the history of oh, WWE, right. I, WWF, I they are, all right, what's John Cena doing tonight? What's Roman Reigns doing tonight? What's Brock doing? What's Seth Rollins doing? No, what's I Triple H doing? I can't argue. I know, Put that I in the top ten, and the New Day are in that top no, ten as far I, as you, you're building. If you leave the New Day off a card, that's an egregious business move that i would say is oh, poor uh, yeah I, i'm yeah no i can't i can't argue that i can't yeah. argue any of that so that's again part of my reasoning for putting them on that mount rushmore is they are they are a marquee big ticket gimmick group tag team all right so you round out your your mount rushmore justin with the legion of doom the Freebirds, the new age outlaws and the new day dennis you have the legion of doom the Freebirds, the young bucks oh god so, I got a, oh, my God, so many Oliver mentions, I don't even want to bring it up. Well, you so, have one more you got to put in there. That's what I mean, that's what I mean. That, 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 that. Because everyone, you know, you get up so insulted or whatever. No, what though, like, as we mentioned before, this is our Yeah, the personal pick. picks, yeah. So, yeah. I always None think, of them are wrong, except so the ones I who don't have the Road think, Warriors. So, yeah. I always think that, 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 uh, that some guy, six, uh, uh, in my opinion, some guy that has six months of wrestling training could be a heel. So... And it takes so much more to be a face than a heel. So that being said, I gotta go with the biggest face tag team of all time, the Rock and Roll Express. I think that's that'd fair. be absolutely egregious. According to so and so, if you don't put the Rock and Roll Express in your Mount Rushmore, 
I think you're right off to a fool. No, Ontario, the, 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 Ontario Hewitt would have to agree with you, as well as uh, Tony White, who picked the Rock and Roll Express as a part of his Mount Rushmore. Joining Tony White uh, in his Mount Rushmore are the Legion of Doom, the Dudleys, and the Hardys. And uh, our good friend Eric Michaud participated, Justin, in, in this. And uh, his four are the Legion of Doom, the Dudleys, Edge and Christian, and the Rock and Roll Express. Okay. Now, before, right. before you know... Actually, why don't you continue with your your convictions behind the Rock and Roll Express rounding out your four oh, absolutely. in the, in the, the, the Mount Rushmore so, tag so, teams? So I've mentioned that, 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 uh, that, uh, that uh, my criteria, of course, draw power, talent, and impact. Okay. And that, that we all know the Rock and Roll Express is impact. That, 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 uh, but let's take your talent. Oh, my God. How hard? Seriously. Everyone can you can, you can flip off the crowd. You can wear like you know shirts that say "F America" or whatever you know, and you can be. <laughs> Who's doing that? You, I'm gonna just say no. You can be, a, you, know, <laughs> you know, the foreign guys back in the day, yeah. or whatever current, or whatever. You know? Iran number one. That, 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 you that, say <laughs> exactly. You know, it's easy for someone to hate you. It's hard to have someone like you. They, they loved they, the Rock and Roll Express. Not only though. do they like your Rock and Roll Express, they loved them. I think the I, rock I heard Ric Flair say once on a DVD, like, if you want to go start a riot, just go beat up Ricky. Yeah. You just beat up the Rock and Roll yeah. Express. Yeah. Yeah. Just go beat him up on a Saturday night. Yeah. That's how you start a riot. That's how you make money. And I, that was just such so simple how you said that. I, I, got, I always liked how he said that. I got the opportunity to uh, interview Ricky Morton during my time on the Ken Reedy show. That's yeah, so awesome. I had met Ricky Morton at a pro wrestling syndicate show in, uh, uh, I want to say it was Metuchen, New Jersey. It was during uh, WrestleMania weekend in 2013. I believe, Justin, you and uh, Daryl went to go meet Brett and Sean. Would have been an awesome super team, by the way. Uh, yeah, and Ken and I went to the uh, – the we were getting – Guests of uh, cameraman Carlos and RF Video, Rob Feinstein. They got us into that show. It was a big show that weekend. It was it was Rob. It was uh, Iron Sheik's last public appearance. in terms of autograph signings, I think he's done a few after. But so they the dude's done Howard Stern like every week. Yeah, but I mean, in terms of like wrestling like yeah, appearances, yeah. I think that was like his last public appearance. They even advertised it at that. That's why it cost like forty dollars to meet him, and I wasn't spending that. But there was a ton of guys on this card, um, and the Rock and Roll Express were on. So they were part of. A, I, I want to say they were part of a tag team match, and uh, I forget who they wrestled exactly. But uh, I went to go introduce myself to them to not only just get a picture and, 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 and chat with them for a few minutes, but to try and get them on the program at the time when I was uh, co-hosting the Ken Reedy show. And I'll never forget Ricky Morton. Um, when I, when I wanted to take a picture with him, he goes, he goes, kid, put your money away. He goes, he goes down South. He goes, we don't charge nearly as much for pictures and autographs. He goes, up, he goes up here in the Northeast. They fucking rip people off. He goes, so you come to me at intermission. He goes, I'll take a picture with you for cheap. Robert and I will, we'll, 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 we'll pose for a picture. We'll sign an eight by 10 and then we'll talk about me doing your show. That's cool as shit. And I was like, I was like, wow, that's cool. So um, Hurricane Helms, Shane Helms was there, uh, and he had a booth of his own, so I went to go over there and kind of bullshit with him for a little bit because him and I have a little history and, and uh, a friendship. And uh, he saw me talking with Ricky, and he goes, uh, he goes, did Ricky work you into getting a picture and an autograph at intermission? I said, yeah. He goes, Ricky's all about them gimmicks. Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> so I, I ended up going to intermission, took a picture, 
you know, they signed it, signed the eight by ten. It's right behind me here, uh, you know, in the studio, next to the, uh, the the big framed Hulk Hogan autograph that I have. And uh, Ricky gave me his phone number. We talked on the phone for a few minutes, and uh, a couple weeks later, and then he ended up doing the show. And uh, you know, it was a great interview. Not that because. I helped conduct the interview, but a lot of what he brought. And um, I can't argue your point that the Rock and Roll Express, you know, of your criteria why the Rock and Roll Express made, the, you know, your Mount Rushmore. They, uh, If I'm going to go into it, you know, maybe another honorable mention, because my first, my first introduction to NWA wrestling was on a Saturday morning with the Rock and Roll Express against the Midnight Express. That was before I knew who the fuck Ric Flair was and the Four Horsemen. And to me, like like you both said, they didn't just like the Rock and Roll Express. They loved the Rock and Roll Express. And the simple, basic formula at that time was Ricky takes the beating, they put the heat on Ricky, and Robert gets the hot tag. And, and in my opinion, the Rock and Roll Express invented the hot tag. You might be right. Like you that, might to be me, right. in my opinion, I think that was the epitome yeah. of the hot tag. Other, other, you can argue a few others, but I feel like sure they did it better than anyone. I wouldn't. I think that's one hundred and one of tag team. Maybe they perfect. The they perfect. Yes, maybe yes, invented yes. is a little. I'll, yeah. I'll, 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 I'll retract my statement. Yeah. They, they perfected the art of the hot tag, in, in my opinion. You know so I can't, I can't argue their importance and your decision to put them up there because they were out of three teams between them, Tully and Arn, and the New Age Outlaws, they almost made my Mount Rushmore. Um, and they made a few others Mount Rushmore. Like I said, I, they, there's one, two, three, four, five, six, six out of ten individuals that responded to this, uh, this, this post on our social media had uh, picked the Rock and Roll Express. But unfortunately, they didn't make the cut for me as my final four. My fourth team is a team that few people have discussed on social media as, as part of their Mount Rushmore. But this one here is a personal favorite of mine. And that's the Steiner brothers, Rick and Scott, mm, making okay. the fourth. They made my fourth because they were the, as a kid, my recollection, they were the first brother team that I knew of. And I felt like the, the fact that they were real brothers really helped the dynamic of a team. And I also enjoyed their look. I thought like the whole I thought the whole, you know, Rick Steiner wearing two different color wrestling boots was stupid. But I thought I, that was cool. I, I, I thought it was stupid at first and then it grew on me. And then when Rick and Scott came to WWF and they wore the same color boots, I was like, that seemed a little out of place, but um, and Vince McMahon always trying to trying to reinvent the wheel. Yeah. yeah. But I like what their, has he ever done in the wrestling? I business? love their look with the singlets and they have like the nineties neon colors and you know, I have some Steiner Brothers action figures in the studio here, the WCW Galoob ones up top, and then there's a few Steiner Brothers Hasbros in the glass case. But uh to me, I just love the dynamic that they were brothers and brothers for the most part, you know, work together as a team. And I thought that was, I thought that was really cool. And, you know, what they accomplished in NWA, WCW, Japan, the WWF, um, you know, it, to me, they were, they weren't the end all be all in terms of tag teams, but I just, who better than two brothers yeah. to make a tag team? 
and you to your point about Brett Nolan and what they could have been. Yeah, you know who better than two brothers to be a team and to and to be you know in sync. You know, there's two there's tag teams that are you know two guys put together or two guys that work really well together, but they're not brothers. But who can break up the bond of two brothers? Scott Steiner team. can apparently. Scott but Steiner did, and so the NWO. NWO yeah. But I mean, before no, I, that, I I agree. I think the Steiner brothers are. They would have probably been the outside looking in for me. To I, I you know, there I thought were a very excellent blend of of an entertaining sport versus sports entertainment. You know what I mean? In the sense that, like, you knew you were watching something that wasn't real, but they they made you believe what you were watching mattered. Oh yeah. And the clotheslines, the Steiner lines, yeah. the suplexes, yeah. the Steiner the recliner, I think was yeah. later down the, the road. Frankensteiner. Yeah, like they were, like you. That's why you know, just to briefly put it back to current day, when they broke up American Alpha, that was to me that was the Steiner brothers of 2016, oh, yeah. 2017. Oh, yeah. And I hope they bring them back. And I'll pr- quickly bring it back to the retro, you know, area. <laughs> but but again, like that's 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 their impact. Is just that. It just raw athleticism, and it's not like they were just, you know, doofuses on a microphone. Like, they were just, they came in, they wrestled. They were all business. Yeah, but you know what? They weren't, like, badass. They were badasses, for sure. But they weren't, like, brooding or dark or intimidating. They were charismatic yep. for their ability. And, you know, I yeah, that's that's definitely one that's on the outside looking for me. I can't. It's hard to really argue that one. I won't argue that one, um, because both of them are so just good. Like another another uh, reincarnation of them, like the world's greatest tag team. Yeah, you know, like Charlie just, Haas and Shelton Benjamin. Yeah, an underrated raw team for skill. Sure. You know, yeah. no. Th- th- are they guys that are gonna carry a territory? You know, carry a brand? No, not by any stretch, but. They probably more often than not are going to be the 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 best or the runner up for match of the night. Very interesting, Dennis. Your take? Oh, so I don't think your answer is egregious at all. That that that, uh, I, that uh, as much as I don't agree with it, that, that I don't think it's egregious. A as, D, as Justin just mentioned, you know you made an impact if people are, are doing imitation of you. A world's greatest tag team, and B, of course, the the, uh, the, the American Alpha. American Alpha. Yep. That, that, that was absolutely inspired by the Steiner brothers, and of course, and, and also that, that what, what I loved about the Steiners too. That that that, that, that so, so, so one of my points was if you're a bigger single star than you are, and then you were as a tag team, you're disqualified. Well. On the other side of the coin, then of course, if you are the bigger, if you're a bigger as a tag team than you were a single star, guess what? You absolutely are in that criteria. So, Dave, obviously, my opinion, the Steiner brothers were a way bigger draw than and then Rick or or Scott, Scott by themselves. So Agreed. That, 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 uh, that's a good that, point. That, yeah. that, 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 so I think that's an absolute. Big Papa Pump was cool. Okay, I you love okay. me some Big Papa Pump, but he, him, and it worked better with with him and, and Rick together. Yeah, absolutely. If you're going to put, like, if you want to utilize a talent at their best, you're not throwing the chain 
snow cap or whatever they call that thing on Scott Steiner's head, and you're not giving him his his big booty daddies, and he's not walking down the aisle, you know, doing all that holler if you hear me. Give me the fucking mic. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and and the, the the mathematical equation of how he's gonna win a match, which for the record, if you go look up on YouTube, is real. Stop. Dead serious. Go on YouTube. It's a recent thing. Some math professor broke down Scott Steiner's promo from TNA about his chances, <laughs> the chances of everybody in his match. I think it was Kurt Angle and Christian and Samoa Joe, yeah, maybe it, something like no, that. No, it was. I think it was Kurt Angle and and. Uh, oh yeah, I know that. I know that. That's sixty-six and a yeah, thirty-three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Kurt Angle and either either Christian or Samoa Joe for what again. That's a he like I don't it, if he did if he did that on purpose why the fuck he wrestled he should have been a math teacher because that he nailed it a professor breaks it down and I gotta say this flawlessly we'll have to watch it flawlessly later. We'll but anyways watch it later that's not the Scott Steiner you're putting on a television show if you're booking a wrestling show television wrestling show whatever yeah. no you're putting Scott and Rick together yeah I mean when I mean how much booking does Scott Steiner get on the Indies probably a fair amount but like I said I saw him at big time wrestling last year at uh. At uh, in Pawtucket against the Spirit Squad, and it wasn't just him; it was him, and his Rick. brother Rick. Yeah, they didn't. It was a lot to be desired, and that's what you're expecting at that age. But you know I, what? Those I went people, to see the Steiner brothers. You know what they? You know what they do now? And it's a big. It's kind of a running joke on uh, Tony Schiavone's podcast. Uh, what happened when? But Rick Steiner is a member of a, a school board in Georgia. And they also have a lot of real estate. They invested a lot of their money in some commercial real estate uh, where they don't have to wrestle anymore. Um, but I guess they do it for fun. And Scott Steiner. Does he own like a lot of franchises? He owns a Shoney's restaurant. What's yeah. a Shoney's? I'm not, I'm not it's, it's almost like a... Um, oh, shit. It's kind of a cross between like a like a TGI Fridays but like a hometown buffet. Okay. Like uh, kind of like... It's like, like yeah. a mixture of those two. So the big running joke is that apparently... Um, Conrad and Tony on their show, they, uh, there's a story out there that the Steiners ribbed a guy in WWF by shoving Sharpies up the guy's ass. They tied him up and took Sharpie markers and shoved them up his ass. Oh, I feel like that's a hate crime, but okay. So, we'll call it a rib, I guess. Yeah, for the per- 2018, that's definitely a hate crime. crime yeah. yeah, it's definitely a hate crime in 2018. And so, anyhow, um, they made a t-shirt that said Steinerized in the Sharpie font. And they Ooh. were selling it, and Scott Steiner had an attorney go to Conrad and Tony and basically put that, you know, put that to rest. You're not going to make money off of that story and uh. if I'm not getting any money out of it. And so um, they apparently blocked Scott or Scott and Shoney's. I wanna, Shoney's Twitter account blocked Conrad Thompson. I want to know what Twitter. That, well, I mean, I'm, I asked this because I take an intellectual property class at Full Sail. And I want to know what ground. I'm interested to kind of figure out what kind of grounds they had for cease and desisting that uh, aspect. I don't know. They don't own the rights to Sharpie, and they, and they don't. And oh, maybe do they own the rights to Steinerized? I don't maybe. know. Maybe. Yeah. I have but no uh, that would be interesting. I'll, I'll have to look that up. So Conrad tells a story that like he's got heat with Scott Steiner apparently, and the bit the the. He found this out at a convention recently when a fan of the show. Um, a fan of the show went to uh, 
went to uh, Scott Steiner at a convention and was like, hey, what do you think of uh, you know Tony Schiavone and Conrad Thompson? And he's like, who, that fat fuck that does that podcast with Tony? And Conrad knew right there, like, yeah, we're, you know, they got some heat on them. Yeah. So Public enemy number one, so Scott Steiner. The, big, the running joke is whenever they do a show and the Steiners are involved on that show, if it's a watch-along in WHW, Conrad calls them school board and ham cubes. <laughs> and there's even a, um, a T-shirt that Conrad and Tony did on their show called is uh, the t-shirts in the Shoney's font and it says like come for the ham cubes uh, so um, yeah that's just the big running joke I thought I'd mention that but alright this has been awesome uh, the, 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 the tag team discussion has gone all over the place which I think is great and I'm, I'm happy that it has um, but now let's kind of put an end to this tag team Mount Rushmore with collectively producing a kicking out at two tag team Mount Rushmore. Now the three of us all agreed that the, the Legion of Doom, yeah. the Road Warriors are a part of this tag team Mount Rushmore. Now, so we get to pick, pick one. How about that? Each of us will get to pick one team that will join the Road Warriors in the kicking out at two tag team Mount Rushmore. Dennis, we'll start with you. Alright, I really want to be cute and say, Young Bucks! But I, I <laughs> you can't. Can. I don't care. I can't. I really can't. I gotta go Rock and Roll Express. I, cool. I, I, I yeah. All four... I, 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 I would even argue that all the tag teams that might have a shot, a shot, I'm not saying that they, they do, the shot of dethroning an LOD, of being the top tag team of all time, is the Rock and Roll Express. I think that, 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 that's so... So all the teams that I picked in my on my list, it'd be absolutely most egregious to leave the Rock and Roll Express off. So Justin, yeah, got to be Rock and Roll Express. Uh, you know what? I'm gonna go with the Freebirds. Good pick. I go with the Freebirds. Yeah, you can't argue that. That was gonna be my pick, but uh, if I'm gonna, you know, round it out and and end this, the ultimate. Kicking out at two tag team Mount Rushmore. We got the Road Warriors. We got the Rock and Roll Express. We got the Freebirds. I'm going to go with the Dudley Boys. Oh, yes, good I can job. do that. I can round good that. Job. Yeah. Okay, I very cool. Here. We really I was going to pick the Freebirds, but I mean, if there's anybody else that deserves to be a part of that and their contributions to tag team wrestling, it, like you said, the last of a dying breed at that time of tag teams was the Dudley Boys. All Before right. close the show, I got I to got know. So if he went first and picked the free birds, who would you would have had? I would have probably stuck with the free birds. No, 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 no. Don't if your brothers it. picked the free birds. If I picked the free birds, oh, yeah, for the you, ultimate. Who, 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 who would you who would you pick? Oh, I wouldn't have. You know, because because the the kicking out of two isn't about me. I probably would have picked the Dudley Boys, and the reason why I didn't pick the Dudley Boys earlier or the Hardys or Edge and Christian. Is because honestly, you can't have one without the other. Yeah, I love those three. And I wanted to mention that earlier, but I didn't have a chance to. And that's, I feel like, again, you can't have one without the other. And that's why I left all three of them out. But if we're talking, you know, grand scheme, kicking out a two crew, you know, the the, the dozens and dozens of us, hopefully millions and millions, you gotta, you know, you can't argue. Yeah. You can't argue the Dudleys. You make a good point there. All right. Uh, this has been a lot of fun. Dennis, thank you so much for joining us Dave, again this week. And uh, I'd like to ask you, would you like to join us again next week? Because oh, i got something special planned. I would absolutely love to be a part of uh, Last month, uh, Wild Bill Brown and I, we... Uh, we discussed uh, SummerSlam 1993 in long form. You can check out the archive of that show over at SoundCloud.com. Uh, and 
you know, 1993 was an interesting year for wrestling. It was in a transition. Uh, neither major company, WWF or WCW, was really cranking out the best uh, wrestling in terms of, uh, you know, storylines, characters, and even some of the in-ring stuff. So I thought, let's keep with the tradition and let's cover the silver anniversary of WCW Fall Brawl 1993 in uh, Watchalong. I remember Fall. like it was yesterday. Uh, the main event was the War Games match, and there was a lot of other real shit on that. Uh, on that show. So next week, we're, three of us are all going to sit down together and we're going to watch WCW Fall Brawl 1993. And with that being said, it's time to wrap things up. Put this show down for the three count. I will see you all next week.